Stay Ready is the mentality birthed through the trials and triumphs in life as an NFL long snapper. Join me in conversations with teammates, mentors, friends, and family who help me realize Stay Ready is so much more. A deeply rooted principle of life in all things faith, family, and football. From Music Row in Nashville, welcome to Stay Ready, the podcast. All right, boys, let's go. Welcome to the lab. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah appreciate dude, it. I'm excited. This is my first time having uh, two guests on at the same time. Those two guests to have, I guess. <laughs> I, did. I know it is, man. We got Scott Meyer, we got Drew Scott, two of my fellow long snappers. Uh, we train pretty consistently together. Um, it's really with, with you, Scott, like now two years, mm-hmm. going on three maybe? Yeah, um, I think a little over two, yeah. Yeah, and then Drew, we met last year, this mm-hmm. time. We've been training pretty consistently, and then I just wanted to have you guys on here because you guys are free agent long snappers. You guys have like full time jobs. You've been through the mini camps. You've been through the, you know, the snapping combines. You've continued to work and prepare and stay ready for an opportunity. Sometimes that phone call has rang. Sometimes it hasn't. But you know, I I've just been incredibly. Um, uh, just admired by you know the work ethic the consistency the grind the sacrifices even though you guys have full-time jobs drew you got a a, a, a family now with your wife and mm-hmm. and just being newly married and and so like just like life evolves right mm-hmm. but you guys also can continue to keep working and have the the dream alive for you know an NFL shot right mm-hmm. yeah and so I wanted to talk about like you know what what life has been like since college going through the pre-draft process, going through the free agency, in and out of mini camps, being very, very hopeful, and also talk about the the disappointment too. Mm-hmm. But what keeps that fuel and that fire going, you know, to keep working and keep showing up? You know, we, shoot, Scott, you and I, we consistently, like, work together, you know, probably three times a week at least, and yep. it's been going on, like, for over two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have, we, we train with uh, Justin Todd, and then Drew's in the mix too. We have like this little community right here in Nashville where like we just hey, we're the Breakfast Club, eight a.m. <laughs> let's right. come, let's go. That's right. So man, let, I just wanted to. This is just like this is like an appreciation podcast because I appreciate you guys more than you probably ever know because how much you help me and you you help me stay like ready, you know. And you, you know, when you want to snap and I don't feel like it, I'm like well. If Scott's going to snap, I got to get out there. <laughs> you know, if Drew wants to show up, let's go. Like, you guys push me, you know, mm-hmm. and it's another set of eyes. And, you know, I want that. I want to be that for you guys, you know. And so, man, you guys are young bucks because I'm going to be 38. How, how Scott, how old are you? 25. Young. Drew, 28. 28. Young, mm-hmm. right? So I think about, you know, 10, 12 years ago where I was at in my career, you know, I was on a team. And so I hope that, you know, my story can help you guys continue to keep like striving for it, you know, and I think I just want to I want you guys to share kind of your insight and your heart on on the process, you know, because Drew, you've been with several teams, you know, you've been you've had some uh, tryouts. And so, yeah, let's just let's let's dive into it. You know, what does life look like as a free agent currently now now that you guys are, you know, a few years removed from college? So, Scott, what about you? I mean, well, first off, like you keep us going. Yeah. Like when you For were sure. gone in Dallas, like yeah. it was kind of hard to sometimes find the time to go out and snap. But yeah. like when you're here, yeah. like every day, like watching you work, yeah. it helps us a lot. Yeah, I think it's just an, a testament yeah. to kind of what you've done. And yeah. obviously, it proves from the pudding that it does work as long as you're mm-hmm. kind of consistent and stay ready. Yeah. I mean, for me, 
just being in a, in a place like I lived in KC for a year and in Kansas City, like we had guys there. Yep. And like there's something to be said just about having that core group of people. I mean, I know that there's a quote like show me your friends and I'll show you your success. Yep. And, and I do think that that is very relevant, especially in the, you know, specialist community, because I mean, how many other professions are there 32 jobs available? There's not I many. mean, there's not many. Yep. So I, I think having those like-minded people around you consistently, it gets a lot tougher when, you know, you're in a city where you don't have a punter yeah. or you don't have another snapper. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, sets you up for success is, you know, having those like-minded people. And, and it can be tough at times, you know, to find those people. I mean, even if it's just someone out there, you know, kind of keeping you honest. But yeah. I think that's, that's a big thing, just kind of being surrounded by – you know, guys that are in college and in the pros, like you can kind of see how they're preparing, but also it just keeps you honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you guys are also a, just a role model for the young guys now that are in college, you know, like you played at Vandy and you have Wesley that's, you know, you know, coming in behind you, mm-hmm. you know, you played with him, right? You were there one year while he was there. Yeah. His freshman year. Yeah, yeah. And so he's able to kind of see how you conduct yourself at Vandy now that you are, you're done. You went to Alabama first, then Vanderbilt. We'll talk about that, too, because that's kind of a cool story. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have young guys, too, that look up to you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's, you know, K-State guys. Yeah. Um, you know, that that look up to, man, I want to be like Drew Scott. <laughs> you know, like, hey. <laughs> hey, but hey, it's like, I mean, it's, it's real, mm-hmm. though, you know? And so um, it's just cool that you guys have continued to, like, just show up. And that's half the battle is just showing up, right? That's what it is. Yeah, you know, and, like, you know, you and I can talk about – um justin taught a little bit too about Mm -hmm. like the training the program that we've uh been implemented with and like how he continues to keep us sharp Mm -hmm. and i know you've you've wanted to work with him i mean you Mm -hmm. know him um just by working out the gym and whatnot but man like this community is really special and you talk about like surrounding yourself with people not everyone has those resources i mean Mm -hmm. you may be living middle of nowhere iowa you don't have (laughs) either you don't have a gym you don't have the resources or you don't have anybody around you that's on the same path as as you are yeah you know so for us to be here in nashville and it's not just us we have brett kern we have cam we have goskowski we have a, a ryan Suckup. we have a lot of resources here ken amato who's you know mm-hmm. he's retired but uh, just another yeah former long snapper who played in the nfl that that is there that can help us you know and and whether it's lips come open the door for us to train or we have rose park or the gym or whatnot like like we're pretty lucky and, mm-hmm. and, and blessed to have 100%. that community. And not only that, like people travel here to come train yeah. and show up like the guys at IU today. Yeah. You know, Sean, just, mm-hmm. Sean and uh, James, I believe it was, they, they came all the way from, from IU just to, just to snap and punt, you know? Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, just the, the careers you guys had and your experience, because, you know, for a lot of young long snappers listening to this, uh, we can talk about the camps, mm-hmm. the evaluation camps, and, and the rankings, and we can we can go down that rabbit hole if you mm-hmm. want. I don't mind. We can stir the pot <laughs> a little bit. But, I mean, there's there's something to be said about it. There's some pros and some cons mm-hmm. to it. Uh, a lot of kids, like, ride or die on those rankings, right. or, or at least their mindset is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and But there's also other ways to get, you know, exposed and, mm-hmm. and, and get those uh, scholarship offers. And so let's talk about uh, – Scott, Scott, let's talk, start with you. Um, you know, before you got to Alabama, what was your, you know, your process with snapping? How did you get introduced to snapping? Mm-hmm. And let's just kind of pick it up from like high school. Yeah. So, well, I'll even take it back further. So when I was like eight, I was watching the Falcons game with my dad. Yeah. 
and um we were I don't know and we were talking about something and he goes you know the best job in football is a long snapper yeah and I didn't really know what a long snapper was yeah and like did not even think about it do you until, remember who was snapping for the Falcons at the time uh Z- uh, Zelinka? Zelinka. No way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, so when I yeah. was in college, Joe Zelinka was a guy that I knew of because he was like that tight end hybrid mm-hmm. snapper hybrid. guy was with the Jaguars. But so that's funny. Like all those names just bring back like mm-hmm. all those it's memories. Crazy. You know? Yeah. And then so didn't really think about it though. And then freshman year, I like meet the head coach. Yeah. And I knew him a little bit in middle school, but like we met with him in person and I told him randomly i was like i want to learn how to long snap yeah. and he's like oh great um we have a senior who has a full ride of louisiana tech um he can teach you i was like okay cool so that summer i break my foot so i'm just on the sidelines during august like camp practices and mm-hmm. stuff and he's just the snapper he's only a snapper yeah. so it's like him and his twin brother was the punter and so they're just like hanging out on the sideline the whole time yeah. so walk up to him and i was like Hey, we teach me a long snap, and he was like, "Sure." Yeah. And so, I just kind of followed him around like a puppy. Yeah. And then, um, then he took my, his job. And yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I wish. yeah. He was he's a really good snapper. But then, um, so we started getting into it, and then I started getting into snapping my sophomore year like heavily. Okay. And that's when I started for the first time, and it was kind of wild because. The first year that I really focused on long snapping, I went to one of your games. Okay. Uh, when you guys played the Falcons in the Georgia Dome. Oh, when they, the the old school stadium where they pumped in the fake yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but then like he showed me all the camps and all the yeah. rankings and stuff like Rubio Coles, like all that. Yeah. And so I started going to those camps. Um, started doing well at those as like I got older. Yeah. And um got the film and then just kept going snapped every day yeah so so you were like you were like like 100% committed to that position specifically like did you play any other role offense defense yeah I play well so I played offense and defense yeah um but snapping was like you you knew that that was your ticket well it it got it got so bad that I used to um just sneak down with the specialist in the middle of practice yeah and I would always hear my name they're like Meyer get back up here Yeah, yeah And I would just sneak down again, yeah, and just kept going. And eventually, they just stopped calling for me. Yeah, you and just so then that's when I was to snapping, huh? Yeah, and I'm just hanging out with them. I yeah. mean, just you know, but um, and then that's kind of when I just like set myself apart as like yeah. I'm only gonna do this. Yeah, and so just every day. Yeah. So talking about you know the the Rubio camps and the Coles. I mean, there's so many now. Like when I was in. Again, remind me of what year this was, probably 2000 and... This is 2012, 13. 12, 13, 14, and 15. So I'm already in the NFL by this time. Mm-hmm. I was in, I was class of 2003. There was no, like, maybe Ray Guy at the time had, like, a, a, a punting camp. Mm-hmm. But there really was nobody teaching long snapping. Pat Manley, the longtime snapper for the Bears, he kind of had, like, a, his own website at the time. This is, like early internet like mm-hmm. this before facebook youtube <laughs> all kind of stuff Long, shout out shout That's out right. pat manley but he had like his own one-on-one lessons that you can you know go meet with him in chicago and work with him and i never got to do that but i remember sending him emails on like mm-hmm. you know how do you i remember the very first like video of him snapping was i think he, hit, he just was like snapping the ball and hitting the goalpost and mm-hmm. i thought that was like the hardest coolest thing ever for him to snap 15 yards and just bank it off the, you know, doink, doink off the mm-hmm. field goal post. I'm like, dude, who's this guy? Then he had a viral video 
I think he snapped the wall like through the car of a uh, or at a car that was driving by through the window or like the okay. drive-through window or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. This is like again, this is like 2003, 2004. So Pat Manley kind of is the pioneer in viral like long snap trick shots, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I remember seeing those videos like, dude, there's no way I could do that, you know. Mm. And but he was like the only person at the time that was really like that pro guy that offered, you know. Uh, some sort of like clinic type, type mm-hmm. you know, uh, lessons. And then Zoner came along like around 2009. Mm-hmm. So yeah. early on for us, like in my age group, like we didn't have any opportunities for snapping. And at the time there really was no scholarship. Right. So when you guys were coming up, that, was it pretty predominant now that you knew that like long snapping, like these universities and four-year programs had like a specific scholarship for a snapper? I mean, mine is a little different than him because he kind of got into it a lot later. But um, it was weird because a lot of these D1AA's were actually offering, okay. and a lot of the FBS schools weren't. Yeah. Except for maybe like the top three or four kids. Yeah. Um, so we kind of knew about scholarships. Yeah. But it wasn't like a guarantee or anything. So you're kind of looking at preferred walk-on or or that was kind of your thing yeah so when you're going to these camps and ranking well and and getting the exposure was i mean when schools are starting to reach out to you are you now like all right i'm i'm looking for a scholarship i'm not looking to walk on anywhere Mm -hmm. like i'm good enough to get that scholarship is that kind of your mindset or well so my mindset the whole time was in state probably if i were to walk on or scholarship out of state and because my dad always told me he's like i'm not going to pay for your school out of state and then we went to an Auburn camp okay and uh the coach calls me up to his office after so my dad and I are like waiting in the lobby or whatever and he looks at me he goes and I think that's when it kind of hit him he said I'll pay for your school if you want to go to like Auburn wow or like a school like this because I think he kind of hit him about how big that could be yeah and so that's when after he said that I said okay now we can start looking at preferred walk-ons like elsewhere yeah so and that's why I took a preferred walk-on over a few scholarships, which... And that, and that led you to Alabama? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. So, like, I mean, obviously, at the time, and Alabama is still number one program in the in the country, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're looking around at schools and all that kind of stuff, as far, as far as, like, opportunity, I mean, at the time, did Alabama... Cole Mazza was there, right? Yep. So shout out Cole, like shout out Cole. I mean, at the time he was on scholarship, right? Yeah, he was like he got Saban's, one out of high school too. Was he Saban's very first? Saban's long snapper very first. I think Alabama's very first too. Wow, mm-hmm. out of high school. So you, you, but you filled in right after him, right? Yeah. So um, it was we were together. It was his senior year, my freshman year. So okay. I got to learn everything. Uh, I backed him up. Cool. Um, it was fun, just you know, the pre games, like warming him up and yeah, stuff, and yeah. like just joking around on the field. Yeah. Um, but he kind of showed me the ropes about it, and then when he left, that's when I started on field goals that year, and um, that's about it. That's what's up. So yeah. Drew, back go to your high school. Are you I mean dual athlete, like playing different positions? Where did long snap been coming to play for you? Yeah, so I have a kind of a unique, I guess, into long snapping. I mean, I've said it bunch of times before but like i truly fell into long snapping yeah like i remember um my freshman year they like i was playing on the line and they're like hey we're gonna need someone to snap for punts and so like they made everyone on the line try out and so a couple of us did it they just showed us the grip and i threw it back there yeah and like a coach joked he's like you get your college paid yeah if you if you could do that didn't really think anything of it so did a little bit my freshman year i don't think i did it my sophomore year um junior did it 
And then, so we had like these stripes programs where if like you go to like the camps in the off season, um, you can get points. So it's like weightlifting and all that stuff. Okay. So coach had asked like, you didn't get snapped this year. I was like, sure, I can go. So we went to an Iowa State camp and I thought it was a how-to camp. Like actually thought like I could just like learn how to snap. Yeah like a little bit better for the season and I'd get some points. It turned out, so Jamie Cole went to Iowa State. Yep. So he ran it like a Coles camp. And it, I didn't know this at the time, but it was a recruiting camp. Okay. So I'd always kind of thought I was going to play baseball. Baseball was like first love. Yep. And so anyways, after, after the camp, they pulled me aside and they're like, this is like a recruitable position. Yep. And I just like did not realize that. Yep. Like, I was enjoyed doing it, but like I just didn't realize that they recruited long snappers. So anyway, started getting recruited from that, and then um, one of the Coles guys called me after the camp and was like, "Hey, we'd like you to come to this national camp up in Whitewater, which I think, I mean, is, is pretty prominent now." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I went to that, and then got recruited from there, and I got ranked, and didn't really realize the full process, yeah. and. So then from there, I started getting re- recruited just like my senior my senior season and, you know, talked to a couple of schools, Iowa State, UNI, um, NC State, Oregon, Colorado State, Kansas, Kansas State. So you had a ton of, ton just, of looks. Yeah, just from that, yeah. and which was crazy. I Actually, I remember just being a kid from Iowa. Um, we went down to NC State for a visit and... <laughs> It was like November in Iowa, yeah. so like a kid going down to Raleigh, North Carolina, yeah. in November. I was like, I'm going here. Yeah. So like I signed up for classes, did yeah. the whole thing, had a coaching change, didn't hear back from him. So then didn't really know what to do. We'd gone to K State, didn't really want to go to Iowa State at the time. I mean, I grew up a Iowa State fan, but the head coach's son was going to come in and snap, so I was just like, I didn't really want to compete with that. Sure. Um, so went to K-State and kind of in that process, like leading up, um, so I was a little bit different with baseball season. I think they're the only state that still has summer baseball. Okay. So like you start like after, so you can play five years of high school baseball, yeah. technically. Wow. So like you start like when school is like the last week of school in May is like the beginning of your season. So like you can play like an eighth grade as soon as you graduate. Like yeah. That's like okay. your, um, you can play freshman ball. And you even play varsity. AJ Puck, who plays in the um, MLB, I think he played. Uh, I think he played varsity as an eighth grader, so it's okay. kind of crazy. But anyways, so didn't really know what I was gonna do. We're like K State sounds like a good place to go. Like I took a visit. Then we went down one other time. Really liked the coaching staff. Um, Sean Snyder, who was the special teams coach. I mean, he was an All American at K State. Played at Iowa as well. Um, so just kind of understood special teams, which I really liked. And so then from there, like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then mm-hmm. baseball season rolled around and I threw it, I threw it some like spring something and like this, like legendary guy in Iowa, um, who has a Disney movie after him had came, he had approached me afterwards and he's like, I'd like to coach you. And he was like retired. So I was just like in awe of just talking to this sure. guy and he's like, meet me at perfect game. And which is like this baseball recruiting thing. And kind of from there, I was like, sir, like, I, I, I'm sorry, but I can't afford that. Like, like we, we didn't grow up with a ton yeah. of money. So I was like, I'm getting recruited for football. I'm going to have a preferred walk and I'm trying to go somewhere where I can earn a scholarship. Because yeah. like that was my whole thing was trying to figure out 
how much money I could afford as, yeah. as far as in loans at first. And then, so he was like, you can play college baseball or you can play in the pros. So he got me like a trial with the Braves, um, did that. And then he came to me, he's like, where do you want to play baseball? Yeah. And I was like, I think I'm gonna play football at K-State just because baseball only has 11 and a half scholarships for a team. Yeah. He's like, how about you try to do both? And it's kind of funny at K-State, I'll never forget it. I was talking to one of the coaches and I was like, I'd like to play baseball here as well. Um, trying to make that happen. He's like, you can't do that. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, we've only had one two-sport athlete, and he ran track, which is directly helps football. Yeah. And he's like, that was Terrence Newman. He goes, yeah. you're not Terrence Newman. Yeah, you're not Tina. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was like, okay. Dang. So I, I went in. My whole goal was that I could get a scholarship by my freshman or sophomore year. Yeah. And so my redshirt sophomore year, I ended up getting one, and that was kind of – how I, and we just had a really good group of guys. Like, but is that where the baseball dream ended? Like, it died right then and there. Yeah, it when, did. Okay. It did. J- yeah. Just, just because of the sole fact that I knew that they could change your scholarships, and I was gonna have to pay out of state tuition sure, regardless. Yeah, yeah. So it was just gonna be really tough. Yeah. Like to go do that stuff. Um, and so kind of from there, I was like, football is all or nothing. Yeah. And so. I was just kind of doing some simple math, like this is going to be about the same if I paid for in-state yeah. and just went to school even. Yeah. So K-State seemed like the best option, okay. and it, it was. Yeah. I mean, we had a great group of guys. Like we had Matt McCrane who yeah. played in the XFL, yeah. played in the NFL, um, roomed with him and Mitch. I mean, both awesome dudes. And then we had Nick Walsh who actually lives here and is a singer-songwriter. Yeah. So And we were together for four years. Wow. So you snapped all four years when you were there? So I, I – uh, my redshirt freshman year, um, I played, and then we had a um, a senior who who came in and played uh, my sophomore year, okay. and then I played after that. Okay. And then did you end up earning that scholarship eventually? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, but, so, yeah. so that was kind of just like my in with, yeah. with football. And then, I mean, one thing I would say just kind of on that front was, you know, obviously have those goals, but like don't. Like, I always kind of say, like, don't plan. Yeah. Because, like, if you plan, you're sometimes setting yourself up for other things that you don't even understand sure, that could sure. be in your future. Because, yeah. like, if you think I have to get from A to B, your true B might be some C, D, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. So, and that was kind of my entrance into the NFL was I was yeah. just like, I'm just going to keep snapping. Yep. And whatever happens, happens. And then had an opportunity playing the Shrine game. Sure. So, from that, I mean, and that was honestly all Matt McCrane. Like, yeah. He he helped. Well, you his exposure helped you, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, shout, shout out Matt there. Yeah. I mean, he he got into the the Shrine game, and then he had. He said, hey, "I'm gonna bring my snapper with me." Yeah, so he, they had called, and they were like, "We've never had long snappers in the Shrine game before, but we think we'd like to start." Okay. So it was, um, so it, it was really cool. So then that kind of helped catapult sure Open my exposure for for, yeah. for yeah. the NFL. So it, it just kind of went back to you just never know. Yeah. But as long as you just kind of yeah. are prepared and consistent. Absolutely. So like for you guys obviously played at the highest level division major division one football and as long snappers, Alabama, Vandy and K State. Um but you were like Scott, you were solely set on snap. Like you knew kind of early on in high school or fairly towards the end they're like you that was what you wanted to do that was your ticket out mm. um you went to these camps got the exposure for you drew is kind of like well base was my dream you know but the snapping thing i'm kind of good at people are telling me i'm kind of good at and so you kind of your expectation wasn't as high as maybe scott's was 
just no, because like you were just kind of like going with like the flow and what made sense and yeah it was, it was know, always just to play a sport at yeah the and level. i think a lot of guys kind of fall into whether it's it doesn't have to be long snapping but it could be anything else mm-hmm. yeah i just found that know? was my ticket yeah like, that was. was like and you took advantage of the opportunity exactly yeah so uh your your experience scott at, at alabama obviously is like the powerhouse you right. know um Filling in the shoes after Cole Mazza. I mean, what was that like? I mean, was was kind of the pressure on? Was there high expectations? I mean, oh yeah, yeah? we uh, my first game I ever played in. So I'm from Atlanta, yeah, area, and uh, my first game I ever played in was the first college football game in that new Atlanta stadium. Okay, Ooh. it was out number one Alabama versus number three. <laughs> and I actually Atlanta. played in the very first game ever preseason really at that stadium yeah jacksonville versus the falcons i was in the jags and that was the very first football game and i think that following weekend was you guys oh wow yeah so i got i got a little one up on you that (laughs) that that stadium's pretty cool yeah the stadium school yeah and i remember that the big deal was they had Mm chick-fil-a in the stadium but it's closed on sundays yeah oh yeah dog isn't that crazy that That is crazy (laughs) yeah so that's uh that's pretty cool to be like hometown kid like obviously it's the new stadium Mm -hmm. wasn't the stadium that you grew up going to but how was that first game? What's the environment like? I mean, is I it mean, just it was, unreal? So it was like it was number one Alabama against number three Florida State. Yeah. Like Jimbo Fisher, like they had all the issue. yeah, they had yeah. all the expectations that year. Yeah. And then well, you, I think you the quarterback that dream tore pretty, his ACL yeah. like the fourth quarter and their season went downhill. But um yeah, like all my friends, all my family were there. Yeah. It was like ABC night game, like yeah. it was just crazy. Yeah. And then you know, that whole season was just a lot of pressure though yeah um i mean i was you know 19 didn't really know how to kind of handle that yeah so um and i was playing a position where like when i was snapping my field goals i didn't have to run or anything yeah so like i could eat what i want and do what i want and i gained like <laughs> oh, i probably gained 20 pounds that season yeah it was bad but oh, um <laughs> the pressure was you know it was real and this is your red shirt freshman year red shirt freshman year okay so yeah. you had one full year to kind of like get comfortable in the mm-hmm. setting and, and go through all the workout programs, practice, mm-hmm. and and then just watch Cole mm-hmm. that whole year. And then you you filled in right after that. So, like, I mean, I mean, what – playing for Saban, I mean, talk about that a little bit. I mean, is, is every single practice, every single day, every week, like the mindset is always, like, compete at the highest level possible or – Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything's just scripted down to a T. Yeah. Like – the second scrimmage, the fall camp, yeah. third rep on punt will have the same look that it did ten years ago. Wow! Like nothing ever changes. Yeah. And so, so everything's very methodical. Very it's planned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's kind of the secret to their success. Yeah. At least that's what a lot of it's been. I mean, kind of, kind of getting the best athletes in the country is probably the <laughs> yeah, secret. Yeah. Secret to the sauce. But um, yeah. I mean, it was just. I think the biggest takeaway that I could ever take away from there is like discipline is probably the most important thing yeah you know every time he talks to like our team at least like 10 times a year um every camp he talks to high schoolers talks on tv talks he always talks about discipline yeah is the number one thing and so that's something that has really kind of stuck with me especially through this free agent process yeah you just gotta like bite down on it yeah just keep going yeah that's so true that's that's a huge major key to success in, in life in general mm-hmm. right just discipline and and whatnot but uh you won a national championship right yeah when you're, when you're there and that was in atlanta too was it really yeah so you started there and then it finished the season won there, a there and we beat georgia which okay. is like the home team which again so that's like bittersweet was, right because you're yeah. i mean did you grow up a bulldog fan uh no but i wanted to go there out of high school really bad okay and um 
they weren't taking anybody in my yeah. class, so it was kind of tough. But um, well, you stuck it to the man a little bit, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, we went out there for that fourth quarter field goal to try to win it. Okay. And uh, I swear the ground was shaking. Yeah. It was so loud. Yeah. But now that also comes back to just like that pressure. Yeah. And um, now, did you feel that pressure like every practice, every rep? Like, did they? I mean, some some programs they run like field goal unit just goes off to the side and they bring the old lineman over there and they kind of get as many reps in as they can within a five minute thing and it's kind of an afterthought mm. that coaches aren't really paying attention or some programs like maybe Alabama or teams I've been on uh, and then it felt like the head coach is standing right behind the kicker mm. like everything's charted and dialed in and they maybe it's a simulated like hey this is a game winner or they're going to ice the kicker so is, oh yeah, yeah so I mean the whole Bama? yeah whole team's there yeah. the last period of practice on Thursdays or it's kind of like hey if he makes this kick, we're done. No conditioning. And they get everybody, like, everyone's, like, chirping in the Watching. ear of the snapper. Mm -hmm. Everyone's around the holder. They kind of make the little tunnel for the kicker. And, yeah. like, I mean, you guys kind of do that a little bit, too? No, we just ran, like, teams and stuff. But um, so Coach Saban would just stand right behind the holder. Yeah. So it's like I'm looking down, and I see the holder. And you see his and little I see air monarchs. right there. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I'm just, like, <laughs> at first it kind of catches you off guard, especially, like, your first year, yeah. like, the first few practices. And then you kind of just get used to it. Yeah. Um, and then if the kicker missed, we'd just redo it and then redo it. And yeah. he missed like three times in a row. He coached him and be like, all right, yeah. never mind. Yeah. We're done. So give me your, your, your greatest Alabama moment. In a game? Yeah. I mean, win the national championship. Would it be that snap? I think, yeah. Um, that's probably at least what I'm most proud of just cause like, you know, it was a good snap laces out. Yeah. Um, all the pressure was kind of, you know, there. It was, you know, running out, like, uh, Chris Fowler calls my name. Yeah. Like Scott Meyer, freshman. And then, you know, I've been, like, I've been, do like, down. And you just plug And out. I'm like, uh, yeah. Although, all I remember is my legs shaking. <laughs> and then I look up, <laughs> and it was all done. Yeah. And, we and how much how much time was on the clock? Three seconds. Oh, so this was we a ran, legit yeah, game like winner. Jaylen, yeah. yeah, like, Jalen, um, they brought Jalen in just to take a snap from under center. And okay. then he centered the ball. And so, like... Oh, so this out. is the like, game, the Tua, we the Tua mm -hmm. Jalen game, huh? Yeah. All right. So, so legends are made in that uh, game. That's right. Yeah. A lot of money made in that game. Yeah. Um, so talk to me. I mean, this is we can talk about the pressure of like long snapping. So there are scenarios in, in a game where it's like, all right, we got last possession. Mm -hmm. There's less than a minute on the clock. We're down two or the game's tied, mm -hmm. you know, or we're down three. We need to tie it up. And we know that like, hey, chances are pretty high that we're gonna go out for a field goal mm -hmm. we're in field goal range we're creeping in there they kneel it they spike it you know mm -hmm. just get it set up on the hash or in the middle of the field when you know that your snap is coming up you know in those moments mm -hmm. I mean you could definitely kind of get wrapped up in the emotion and, and the hype of the moment right and you can crumble or you can just like black out fall back on your technique and trust your technique mm -hmm. and your confidence in that because mm -hmm. you've been through that scenario in your mind and practice and with those other games, but in a national championship setting, mm -hmm. you're kind of walking down the line, you're following the offense. I mean, what was your pre-snap mindset going into that play? So the whole team was, like, away from us. Yeah. We were – it was me, uh, J.K. Scott, my holder, yeah. and then Andy Papanas was the kicker. Okay. And so they were on, like, one end of the field watching the plays, and, like, we knew we were about to come up because yeah. it was tie game, whatever. Yeah. And um, so it was just, like, the three of us just, yeah. like, hanging there. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm snapping, and the Andy's kicking. Yeah. But, like, we actually – so we went through, like, a little bit of a slump 
like a few weeks before. Okay. And so we had this um, meeting with our team psychologist yeah. as a group. And the one word that we were all supposed to just say to ourselves was trust before every time we go out there. Yeah. And so like right there, like we kind of all just like looked at each other and we're like, you know, let's go. That's trust. cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, I look back on, on moments like that and I had Pat McAfee and Adam and Terry and the three of us like, a lot of people don't understand this. Like, it's the three of you by the kicking net. You know, Vinny's getting his kicks in. I'm snapping the pat. The whole team is kind of just migrating down the field as the offense mm-hmm. gets closer to the end zone or in field goal position. And it's like the special teams unit just kind of stands back on the opposite side of the field. And then you kind of, you know, the, sometimes that trot can be long, you know, mm-hmm. like the kicker's running like <laughs> 60 yards just to get set up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, in that moment, it's kind of you guys feel like you're, like, isolated. You're in, like, and that's cool that you guys had that that mindset to where you can just like remind each other hey let's go it's mm-hmm. our our names are being called now and we go out and, and get the job done right and so when that ball goes through the upright oh it didn't go through the upright but yeah oh you didn't we missed the kick what and then that's when to a but it was a good snap though so <laughs> oh, that's what yeah, we're, yeah, yeah the snap is fine that's all that's all we and care he, about well, that's he all we also, care about to his credit though he also we also um he banged two field goals and an extra point to tie it up. To okay, get so, so he had his moments yeah, in that game. Yeah, it's just yeah, that yeah. moment wasn't yeah. defined by a game-winning kick. Yeah, but my but greatest that, moment. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. That kid, the snap was good. And that's all that your family is like, hey, snap was good, bro. That's right, that's all You did your job. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that, well, that's where the, the legend, that's a, that, that game's so legendary because Tua and Jalen were like back and forth and, you know, and so mm-hmm. Tua goes and wins that game, mm-hmm. and then Jalen's like, "All right, deuces, I'm going to Oklahoma." Oh, I mean, he stayed the next year. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. and then so was it next? Year? He stayed the next year for 2018, and then SEC championship. Okay. Tua goes down, and he Jalen brings us back to win it, and then oh, says, against Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, because Tua, because they were the same. Were they say, same class? No, J- so Jalen was my age, and then Tua was a year younger than us. Okay, all and right. So Tua and Mac Jones, but it was came it, in it was always Tua's job to lose. That's when the year after it was. Yeah. But um, it was, you know, it was Jalen all 2017 undefeated. Yeah. Until mm-hmm. Auburn, we lost. And then Jalen wins Sugar Bowl MVP. Yeah. And then actually right before the game. So we had a pregame dinner and Tua told our whole table, he's like, I'm like, if I don't play tomorrow, I might transfer. Okay. And so, you know, right before the national championship, like yeah. Jalen just won MVP. He's like, you're not playing. Yeah. And then he played and won the national championship for us. <laughs> so yeah, but um, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. So well, that just goes to show how much talent you had on the team. Yeah, for real. For I sure, mean, yeah. dude, yeah, like arguably some of the best quarterbacks that ever come through Alabama, mm-hmm. and they're they're all balling out in the NFL. And obviously, Jalen had a massive year. Mm-hmm. You know, two is doing all right. I mean, hopefully, they'll be healthy and, and strong this year. But I mean, to have those two dogs on your team yeah. at quarterbacks, like. It don't matter. Oh yeah. You know? Oh, I actually uh, like three days ago I was looking at a list of. Well, the, then you had Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. What probably like he was our third string guy. Ring? Yeah. But I was looking at a list from that roster, and yeah. I think forty-one guys are in the league. Forty-one. Jeez. Forty-one have played an NFL game. That's why you go to Bama. Team. You go to the NFL. <laughs> I know. And that's why they transfer the the conference of quarterbacks, to Big Twelve. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> so talk about so go to K State now. Like what? Like my. My perspective on you is like you're kind of the happy-go-lucky guy that just fell in the long snapping, and and yeah, you care about your job, but you know we talk about like pressure moments. And did you have any of those moments at K State where like whether it's in practice or early on long snapping, like learning it? Because like you're still kind of in learning mode, right? Would you say like? Yeah, I mean, as soon as I started playing, 
I, I think I just kind of more relied on, you know, my surroundings. Yeah, yeah. And kind of just learn from them. I mean, we had two long snappers there, like my redshirt year. Okay. And, and my freshman year, too, um, that were just awesome people to just kind of show you the ropes. Yeah, yeah. Because for me, I've always told people, like, if you're getting recruited to play, you know, college football, yeah. long snapping, yeah. you've probably showed the ability. Sure. Now it's just trusting your abilities. And being consistent. And being consistent. Yeah. So, like, that was it for me was trying to more just trust my abilities okay. rather than, like, I mean, I'm always trying to learn. I mean, yeah. I, I, I still think, you know, visual, visualization and film are the two most sure. critical yeah. thing. I mean, that's what's helped me more yeah. than anything. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Like, showing you today, like, this is... Dude, you know, I can't tell you how many videos I've had to delete off my phone yeah, because, I'm honestly, <laughs> we, go, we go snap and mm -hmm. it's like... Five minutes here. Five minute clip, <laughs> ten minute clip, eight minute clip. But it's like, dude, but that's just that's that's your feedback. Exactly. You know, we don't have we we're not running routes. We don't have a quarterback thrown to us. We don't have another set of like that's why our community is so crucial and critical and 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 uh and positive for that respect because now we have like several set of eyes looking at grip, looking at ball yeah. rotation, mm -hmm. looking at velocity, looking at footwork, and it's crazy because you know, we live in an upside down world. We don't we don't see those things unless you film it or yeah. unless you have that instant feedback from somebody else. And I think that's what K State really helped provide. Like we weren't Alabama, and 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 and, and never will be. Hey, I've been to Manhattan, dude. <laughs> you guys have some nice facilities. It, not, it's not like Alabama, but hey, I mean, it's no, it's it, it's just different. But I like it's sure is yeah, it's just different. Like we don't get the same type of guys, but like there's still a lot of competition and sure. And K State definitely. You know, something that, you know, really resonated with me was just the, you know, you weren't the five-star guy. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to come here and, and we're going to work and we're just not going to make mistakes. Yeah. And so, like, that was, like, very, you know, Iowa-esque of just, like, you know, we're going to do the things that other people don't want to do. So, yeah. like, K-State felt like home in that respect. That's cool. Of just, like, hey, we're going to get the guys that might have been overlooked. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't play. Yeah. And we're going to compete. Like, yeah. it always felt like K-State, like, when I was there, like, we were yeah. one of the smaller teams. Like, yeah. really, the only like, – even KU had – like, they were horrible when, when I was there. And, like, it felt like they still had some dudes. Yeah. But K-State, it was just, like – it was very much three facets, facets of the game. Like, that was what was cool was Sean, he put – like, with Bill being, obviously, his dad and – I mean, his dad was there for a long time. Yeah, he was there – I mean, he started in, what, 1989 or 88 or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I mean, that's a long time in the business. And yep. having, that's a lot of success over a long period of time. So Sean had had success. And so he really, I mean, special teams was a large part of K-State culture. Yep. So that was like one thing. I mean, we always had, no matter what, two, I mean, we had two separate, let's say, be a punt day and maybe a kickoff day. And you had two periods in each practice, and then you had two team periods. Yep. So, like, you're talking four periods, yep. just the special teams every yep. single practice, mm -hmm. and that's just your Tuesday-Wednesday practice. Mon Monday, Thursday, you had all special teams and a team. Yep. So, like, it felt like, and I know some guys that, like, didn't want to play special teams, like, felt that because it's like, dang, these guys are just drilling it. And, like, I mean, we were always, it felt like, top three or five, I think, in special teams every year is there. Yeah. Now it helps to have guys like Tyler Lockett yeah. and mm -hmm. Byron Pringle and yeah. Morgan Burns. Like, we had some really, really good returners, obviously. Yeah. But just having that importance put on special teams was 
helped me a lot because it didn't feel like you were on an island. Like I've yeah. heard guys talk yeah. about it. Like you were part of the team and yeah. you were an integral part of the team. Yeah. So like that really helped me, I think, grow is just like having, you know, Sean who knew what he was talking about yeah. and other guys that you could either look up to or, and everything was being, being filmed. Like it felt like the NFL, like when I was with Oakland, being, like being evaluated, yeah. yeah, like you felt like you were yeah. always being evaluated. Yeah. And so like that was, I didn't, I kind of took a, took for granted that like not, I mean, that's just being naive since you obviously don't know what yeah. happens on at other programs, but like, I thought that that was normal. Yeah. And I think that that helped. Well, it's a good normal to school, be associated with. You yeah. Know what Cause like high school is the same way. Like, yeah. It was, you need to just work hard and do everything you can. Yeah. And it was the same mentality at K-State. Yeah, so do you have any do you have any moments that, like, your favorite moments as as a Wildcat, like, in, with regarding to snapping, whether it's a game winner or a punt or a tackle or, or a, a crucial, Ooh. you know, special teams play? I mean, favorite moment was beating on a walk-off touchdown. I mean, it wasn't there was no snap since it was like time yep. expired, we yep. scored. But in the five years that I was there, we never lost to Iowa State. So like that was really okay. cool just for cool. me. And like one of my first games was at Iowa State. Okay. And so like that was, my retro freshman. Pretty year. Surreal moment yeah, for you, so right? like that was really cool just yeah. to like go there and like I mean, Iowa State is a tough place to play. I mean, I would put put it up as one of the harder places to play, at least in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Like OU and Texas are great, like yeah. not knocking those. But, like, you can tell, like, how fanatical those fans are because that's all they have. Yep. Like, Iowa, Iowa State, yep. like, that's all there is. Yep. We don't have pro teams. Yep. So, like, people show up. For, I mean, they were horrible for a long time. Yeah. But they're still selling that 60,000-person yeah. stadium out. So, yeah. like, going there, I think, especially it was, like, one of my first games. That's cool. Was, was kind of cool. And just, like, living rent-free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so the both of you guys kind of have that surreal moment where – you know, you grew up in Georgia, you grew mm. up in Iowa, you go back to those, whether the stadium you grew up in or the team you grew up cheering yeah. for, and you, you smack them. You know, you, you get that victor. That's like, for me, like going to play against the 49ers. Mm. Yeah. You know, or, or a, the Oakland Raiders at the time. Mm. You know, winning at those stadiums, it's surreal because my 10-year-old self was sitting up in those seats watching a baseball game mm. or a football game, and here I am in that same Heck stadium. Yeah. yeah, we're in a different color, but like... It's playing against those teams. Yeah, yeah. It is. it's crazy, right? You're mm -hmm. still there. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's crazy what long snapping the doors that have opened from that, right? Oh, yeah. From this one niche little position that in high school, all of us at one time never knew what long snapping was uh, or, or did it. Like for me, when I kind of similar to you, you know, the coach pulled the whole team mm -hmm. up. All right, guys. <laughs> If you can punt, snap, or kick, stay after practice <laughs> this freshman exactly year. And was. at the time, I was playing center. Mm. So the coach like, Overton, you stick around, see if you can, you know. It's just natural. You already snapped the ball and, like, shotgun. We'll see if it works on long snapping. And, and I don't re really remember, you know, how good I was at the time. But obviously, I was I, probably the best at the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And so I did. I snapped all four years of high school. And I don't remember – because I, mean, I played both, both ways the entire game and then snapped – and I hardly remember doing it in high school. I mean, I don't. I never took it that seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember I did it, and I there's moments where I remember doing it, but mm -hmm. it was never that thing where we stayed out of, stayed after practice. You mm -hmm. know, it wasn't. I wasn't going to camps because there was none. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't watching YouTube clips on how to get better. It was just all self taught. Like, and uh, but it wasn't until I got to like junior college where I 
somebody said to me, hey, this is an opportunity for you to get a scholarship or mm. a walk-on opportunity. And then I got to my, you know, four-year school, and this is, hey, hey, this could be opportunity to NFL. And that's yeah. when all those kind of, you know, the curiosity was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like, I need to get better. Like, how do I get better? You know, right. and I sought out, you know, those camps, you know, at the time, you yeah. know. And so for you guys, let's talk about camps now. Like, looking back on your experience and the, how you got to Alabama and, and transferring to Vanderbilt and you got to K-State, I mean, were those camps, like, absolutely critical for the exposure? Or it's just a, it's a great opportunity for guys to get their name out there. Um, like, I feel like now, if you want to be a, a, a five-star or four-star mm-hmm. or get these opportunities at a major college, like, you have to go to these camps. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that kind of the thing? Yeah, I think so. I think – I don't think the coaches reach out to these camps as much as these camps want to tell you they do. Yeah. But I do think that these coaches watch the film. Sure. It's just easy for them. They don't have to – yeah, on. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the camps are pretty critical to go to. I mean, because um, if I'm a special teams coach at Alabama, I'm going to go online and mm-hmm. I'm going to search Coles or Rubio and mm-hmm. I'm going to see who's the top snappers yeah. and I'm going to look those guys up. I mean, that's – so easy yeah right i don't even have to get out of my seat no. i can recruit from my computer yeah and just hit them up on twitter and that's yeah. it exactly so slide in the dms you're good that's right you know so, <laughs> so let's talk about the camp like i mean i know there's just i've heard negative stories about them mm-hmm. because now your your son is now competing if i'm a parent my son is now competing or if i'm the athlete i'm com- competing against the entire country mm-hmm. at my class because they break it up by class and let's just assume there's just a, there's a, only a handful of opportunities for scholarships out there. And if I don't rank high at this camp or if I don't continue to go to this camp, I'm not going to get that ranking that I need mm-hmm. to get the exposure. I mean, what was your experience with that? I mean, did you have to, I mean, really keep going consistently to, to grow your ranking or did you have to? Uh, I mean, I just... I never traveled outside of Georgia okay. for the camp unless it was, like, one of the national camps, okay. like in Vegas. Yeah. Or uh, I went to Wisconsin once, um, but I went to the Vegas one every year. And so, but, like, being from Iowa, like, they didn't come to Iowa. So it might have been a little different for you. It was you, just at Iowa State one. Yeah. Just since Jamie. So you didn't go to the all the Rubio and Coles and yeah, I mean, whatever like, else out there's out there? It really was, like, I just, like, didn't like know about it like i just didn't know that yeah. that was even out there and and i don't i, I think honestly mm-hmm. unless you're not in, if you're if you're not in that world you would never know yeah you would never no. know and i think a lot of high school coaches don't even know right i mean no and i the thing is, is like i don't know how these kids find these camps either yeah which is because you look up long snapper like when i started that wasn't the first thing that came up i found it because the senior who taught me how to snap told me which ones to go to okay but so but I mean, they are critical, and yeah. also the other part of it is, you meet all the other snappers, and like that's something like you can kind of just like bond over because, I remember when I was snapping in high school, like all my like friends kind of like joked on me for long snapping. Yeah. And so, but like you kind of you're with people that are like do the same thing as you. Yeah. And then, honestly, you end up helping each other out eventually well, down the you, road. You, but you also get to see all right that boy over there is ranked five star you can kind of measure up now right you get to see like all right this guy's five star four star or whatever and sometimes a two star is better than the five star Mm -hmm. but the rankings are you know there's a little little politicking that goes on in that stuff (laughs) right so a lot of politics i mean what would you say the negative thing is about those camps i mean is it negative because 
kids get wrapped up way too much into it. It's expensive. Um, yeah. I mean, if you have one bad showing, does that really just drop you off as far as like your 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 overall score or ranking, whatever the case may be? I mean, what's yeah? I what's, think, the, what's the negative aspect of these camps? I mean, there's a lot of them, but uh, <laughs> the cost of it's just crazy. Yeah, like it, I mean, it's gonna cost. You know, and especially if there's siblings that want to do it, yeah. like it costs a crazy amount of money to do it. Yeah. Um, the rankings are generally pretty biased. Yeah. I'd say. Hundred um, percent. We had a kid get a full scholarship in my class. He was like six five, one eighty five, because he played receiver also. Mm-hmm. Couldn't snap a spiral. Okay. But they like ranked him number three just because he was a good athlete. And he looked apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just like, so a lot of bias in the rankings. Yeah. A lot of kids rely on it for their. I guess self-esteem with snapping. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, when I train a kid or work with a kid, he's always like, "Well, I'm only number, you know, four in Tennessee," and I'm like, "Well, that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. what matters the most is you get your film out, and then you go visit these colleges and yeah. go to their camps. Yeah. Because that's what matters the most. Because then that's when they're gonna see you firsthand, mm-hmm. right? Those, yeah, those college camps. I 100 percent agree. Yeah. Well, when you're, you know, 14 to 18, like the only thing on your mind is, oh, I'm ranked this in the country, which is like, yeah. There's, I mean, Drew was snapping, but he yeah. wasn't going to those camps. Like, how many kids in the country are better than you? Yeah. So, it's just kind of hard, something hard to deal with when you're, you know, Well, you can't 14, really decipher, 18. like, the true talent because, like mm-hmm. you said, the five-star guy may be, realistically, he should be only a two-star. Right. But because he's 6'5 and 200 pounds, he looks the part, he passed the eye test, yep. he plays tight end receiver, mm-hmm. he can snap okay, but mm-hmm. the kid that's 5'9, 160 pounds snaps dimes mm-hmm. but he's not going to get that boost because he doesn't pass the eye test right yeah I so mean, i mean definitely yeah, it's very skewed there's mm-hmm. a lot of gray in in the rankings and also i mean it kind of shows up too when these kids get to college and like the ones that last the ones that don't yeah the um you know if you end up at a big school that doesn't mean you're a good snapper and yeah. if you end up at a small school that doesn't mean you're a bad snapper yeah so but when you're, you know, 14, 18, like, your dreams are to play big football. Yeah. And then a lot of kids get crushed when they don't do that. Sure. But I think that's the biggest mis- misconception is, I mean, snapping is... This episode is sponsored by the Stay Ready brand. Because why not? I'm going to sponsor myself until somebody else does. To get your hands on some sweet hats, t-shirts, and all Stay Ready-related merch, visit mattovertonbrand.com. Now back to the episode. It's so broad. I mean, across the board, yeah. like there's D two, D three talent. Like it's an even playing field after school. Well, it's a 15 yard snap. Mm-hmm. The ball still has to go through the uprights. Punting yep. is punting. So mm-hmm. for the three of us specialists, it doesn't change. It doesn't matter where you're playing at. I mean, snapping is snapping. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously there's like technique stuff, and there's yeah. in a pro style, you know, mm-hmm. formation as opposed to. Um, you know, the rugby style or, or spread. And we're talking about in terms of, like, NFL evaluation mm-hmm. or or whatnot. But, yeah, a D2 snapper can still snap D- Division One. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, that opportunity to present itself. It's luck of the draw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I unfortunately – I think a lot of it does come back to money. Like, sure. Like, I mean, since, like, I grew up, like, we didn't – Yeah. Like, we didn't have that ability. But I also didn't know. But, like, I, I do think – I mean, again, I accidentally went to that – Iowa State camp yeah, and it, cha- it, it changed yeah. it changed my life yeah and like that's what matters but like I the one thing I wish I did have that Scott hit on which I think is really cool is just like knowing the community mm-hmm. yeah like that is something that, that I felt like I missed out on yeah since like I wasn't a part of that community like only camp I really went to 
was that one like national whitewater camp yeah my senior year and then like i thought it was really cool like i was five star got ranked you know top 10 or 15 or whatever yeah, it yeah. was yeah but then like i remember thinking like I, I was got mad at one point because i wasn't continuing to go to camps like my ranking fell yeah mm-hmm. so it felt like if you weren't continually going to the camps and like it's a business i get it like i'm not well, if you weren't trying spending to, that money and showing up consistently like, like mm-hmm. showing face and, and like i understand yeah. what you know their rebuttal would be would just be like hey like we haven't seen you in a while like we saw this kid and we felt mm-hmm. like I, I understand that but there is at the end of the day like you can't rely on that like you do have to get in front of colleges and like you have to like let them see your ability yeah. and mm-hmm. I think even like after college, it isn't even playing field. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. because if you go to a Zoner or you go to a Coles or whatever camp you go to, like that's the film that really matters. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. that college film, especially with how much spread is out there. Yeah. Like a spread style does not translate. No. Very like you can work it, on it those puts a abilities. Behind the eight ball, big time. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I I think that that like having that ability to block because that's really all the nfl is is blocking yeah, yeah. like obviously you have to be a very good snapper but like yeah if you're not willing to take some hits yeah like you're just not gonna last yeah mm. well let's talk about that transition now so after alabama you went to vanderbilt right mm-hmm. and played two years there right yep two years um so when you guys were now you know coming towards the tail end of your your college career mm-hmm. I mean, where did the NFL come onto the radar? I mean, was this always a dream from childhood, or was it, you know, once you got to college, like, hey, like, I'm pretty good at the snapping thing. Mm-hmm. I'm here, playing at the highest level, Division One football. I have coaches. Maybe you did a little uh, junior day pro day. Mm-hmm. I mean, when did the NFL really come onto the radar for you guys? You know, I was always scared to, like, tell people, like, I want to play in the NFL because they'd always, you know, it's just like, yeah, okay, we'll see. Yeah. But um, it kind of just came in the picture – right in the middle of my my first year at Vanderbilt. Okay. So we ran a pro-style punt at Alabama, yeah. so I got to block there. And then the reason I got to Vanderbilt and the reason that, like, ultimately, like, I went there and that he picked, the coach picked me and, like, yeah. wanted me was because of my experience. And then in the pro-style, and then we ran a pro-style at Vanderbilt for two years there too. Yeah. So, um, but the whole time, like, Coach Fitz, who was my coach there, he mm-hmm. was, you know, he came from the NFL, and he was like, you know, you could have a shot at this. Okay. And so that's when, you know, I really started focusing on it, and then COVID happened, and that's when really got into the fitness part of it yeah. and trying to change my body for yeah. it. And um, so probably, like, in the middle of that first year at Vandy. So so Coach Fitz kind of instilled something into you, like, hey, like, that reali- that dream that I, I had mm. as a kid it could be re- a reality mm-hmm. here soon as a long snapper. Yeah. You know? So how did that change your focus, though? I mean, now were you, like, retraining harder? <laughs> were you, like, now taking things a little more seriously? I mean, I was definitely – I started making my own food. Okay. That's, like, the biggest thing. Like, I started making grilled – I eat grilled chicken every day yeah, yeah. because of it. Yeah. Um, and just, like, kind of focusing on my body type for yeah. sure. You know, I was – really like kind of sloppy yeah. at alabama and then at my first year at vanderbilt my body was pretty sloppy too but then so like the mac jones shirtless with the cigar yeah like, like, you would fit in on that photo? oh definitely <laughs> i'd be popped up right next to him oh <laughs> man but that's kind of when it happened for me i don't know about you what about you drew it was honestly probably i mean like it was always the goal yeah like i mean mom has the pictures like wearing the plastic but it, NFL it, for you was it always like baseball or football or like professional athlete in general or i mean, I mean when, it was it was just 
play professional sports. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Like, and I, I didn't care. I just wanted to get there. Because but when, like, baseball, when the baseball dream kind of died, when the coach said, no, you can't play two sports yeah. here at K-State, I mean, now it was like, all right, I'm going to go to the NFL. It, it was, but, like, one thing that – it was always, like, stay focused, like, at the task at hand. Yeah. Like, crush it in college and then see where it takes you. Sure. Really, like, my first, okay, this is real – was my senior year, so K-State's a little different. We don't have to get into that. But, like, we, like, didn't have NFL coaches. Like, Scott, you probably had NFL coaches there all year round. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, so for, like, some of the younger guys, like, there yeah, is, like, yeah. these college coaches every day at practice or yeah. these NFL, like, scouts and stuff at practice. Yeah. And, like, so, like, they didn't come to, like, week eight or something at K-State, which was – I didn't know, but it was kind of weird. Um, and so, like, coaches were – or the scouts were in there, like, in the building. And a coach came up to me that, like, I didn't talk to as much, but I had, had respect for. He, he All he said to me was, he's like, hey, people are asking. And that was, like, an, kind of like, wow, this is could be happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a real opportunity. Like, now you really need to not change your mindset, but, like, if this is real, like, yeah. you, you need to start preparing – for like what that not planning but preparing yeah, yeah like for what that could look like yeah. so as soon as he told me that like hey people are asking and like people are asking me like about character things like it felt like it was a little bit more real yeah at that point so you know really just trying to get bigger because like i was a a skinnier like undersized i mean i feel like i always had the height but like yeah i was like 220 pounds 215 pounds like yep. i was not the biggest dude out there yeah so like it became like, hey, if you want to play with the big boys, like you need to. It's now a priority to get bigger. Yeah, you need yeah, to stronger, stronger, yeah. and just like broader in general. Like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is gonna translate if you can do that. Yeah. And I was just, I opened up Excel and I went through all of the NFL long snappers body typed in yep. just like measurable metrics. Yep. Like how do I compare and what do I need to be to like cross that threshold yeah so like that was how i started preparing. and that, and, and those metrics they're they're definitely skewed just yeah. like every other program oh, like they are for sure like mm-hmm. i'm not six one two fifty you know i'm you know maybe on a good day six foot mm-hmm. you know 240 but a lot of those guys still i mean sometimes you i've had the same height and weight since my rookie year <laughs> yeah. so it never changes it's uh, for whatever reason they just take oh the same profile photo, the same height and weight. It, it, it's like laziness. Like, it is. If it someone's is. out there on NFL.com, please change my yeah. weight. It says 209. Yeah. Like, and like, I've had scouts call me. They're like, hey, like, can we have a picture of your weight or something like that? Yeah. And they're like, we're showing 209 in our database. I was like, I went to the Shrine game. I went to like all these different games mm-hmm. and I was well over 230, 240 at that yeah, point. Yeah. I was like, I do not know where this 209 number yeah. is coming from. But, like, if you look my name up still, like, yeah. I've still, like, I had a um, a guy in the NFL, like, reach out to me, like, not that long ago. And he was like, are you still 209? Yeah. I was like, I've never been 209. Yeah. So, like. It's 209 sophomore year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So That's like, crazy, though, right? But, like, that stuff, like, again, yeah. like, it mattered to me as, like, a benchmark for a goal. For sure. So, like, that yeah. was, like, when I was, like, I need to kind of yeah. change how I do things a yeah. little bit. Yeah, for me. Uh, so I went to junior college first for two years, and that was kind of like my one of the coaches there was like, "Hey, pretty good at this thing. You know, this could be an NFL ticket." Mm-hmm. Obviously, the goal is to get a scholarship. Got a scholarship to Western Washington. Got there, 
And I was on campus for maybe no more than a month or so. It was during spring ball. I transferred early so I could participate in spring ball. And Michael Kanan was an All-American kicker and punter at the time. So he was going through the pre-draft process of teams were coming to campus, doing the pre-draft workouts on campus. And I think he was, obviously, he was highly more touted as as a punter mm-hmm. and kickoff guy. So I get a text. I'm in, I'm in class or something. I get a text from my, my coach like, hey, can you be on the field in 15 minutes? You need to snap to Mike for his, his private workout against NCAA rules, right? <laughs> Again, NCAA is not going to come drop some sanctions on, uh, on you know, Western Washington. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I go out there. I have no idea what to expect. I go out there, again, very oblivious to even the, the stress and the pressure that was on Mike. Mm-hmm. Like this is his pre. This is like three or four weeks before the draft. So this is a big deal. It was with the Seahawks were there. So I just go out there. I warm up, sling some balls back to him. Mm-hmm. And later on that day, you know, that same coach that texted me to get out there was like, "Hey, man, like, your name's on the radar." I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like. Well, that scout that was there working out Mike, you know, was obviously watching you. Mm-hmm. And you're only going to be a junior, but they said they're going to watch for your name the next couple of years. Like, that's when I knew, like, wow, like, an NFL team knows who Matt Overton is. Mm-hmm. I think so that's huge. Like, that's, like, a huge thing for, like, the college is. guys, like, yeah. listening. Like, so, like, Matt was, like, McCrane was way more prepared than I was because, like, he understood. And, like, he, he, his goal was always to kick in the NFL like, yeah. in high school. like So, like, he was very prepared for it. Yeah. But he had, like, approached us, like, as the season was ending, mm-hmm. just saying, like, hey, if you get a workout, I'm going to come work out. But if I get a workout, I'm going to – you're going to come snap. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I think that that is, like, if you – and it helped that we had, like, punters and – like, punter and kicker that the NFL was looking at. Yeah. But, like, piggyback off those. Oh, yeah. Because, 100%. like – Like, Coach – like, Coach Judge, like, when he was there, he was with the Patriots at the time. Yeah. And I swear I snapped like three balls, and he's like, "You're good." Yeah. And then like I was doing DB drills with DJ Reed, yeah. and I was like, "Why am I doing this?" But like he remembered that workout. I had a workout with the Giants. Yeah. And he came up to me. He's like, "He's like, this is the best shape I've seen you in." Yeah. And I was just like, "What? Well, do you really remember that college workout?" Yeah. And like you said, like with the Seahawks, like people remember that stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, that's and, their job as scouts and evaluators. Like they remember like name and first impression is always. Mm-hmm very very critical you know and so it's like just being right place at the right time you know and and again i think too now if i I, the game has definitely changed now as as you know compared to when i was in in college like getting ready for the pre-draft process and all kind of stuff but yeah there is a method to the madness like if i'm a high school kid you know or looking for a a certain program to go play for Mm -hmm. yeah i want to go to alabama or i want to go to k-state but are those schools necessarily the best place for me to go if I want to go to the NFL? You know, and I'm allu- I'm alluding to the, you know, spread formation mm-hmm. versus pro style formation. Again, if you guys don't understand the difference, pro style in uh, for a long snapper requires no protection. This the the snapper just snaps the ball, runs downfield, tries to make a tackle, all that kind of stuff. In pro style, you are you are asked to have the duty and responsibility of, of blocking after you snap. So when you go to the NFL level, the, the expectation is you have to block. So the kids that never block and always play in that spread formation, they are behind the curve big time because they've never had to do it mm-hmm. before. So that learning, that transition to blocking is really, really big. So, again, 
if you're if you're a young guy looking for a school to go to, maybe you want to go to the school that has the pro style, or maybe the coach there has been in the NFL as a special teams coordinator mm-hmm. or an assistant and knows what to look for. And so yeah, there's definitely like a method to the madness when you like kind of like Matthew McCrane like setting himself up like and then talking about like hey like yeah. if I get a workout, I'm bringing my boys with me because I obviously I trust you snapping to me yep. in my workout. And it only gives you exposure and vice versa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy. Like, yeah, you have to kind of, it's a business. Like, right. You kind of have to have run it like a business in your mind. Yeah. Like, how do I position myself to get the best exposure and put myself in the best situation? Yeah. And like, that's stuff that like, I didn't realize, but like, I was just blessed to have that opportunity. Oh yeah. Like yeah. being around someone like that. Oh yeah. So like, that just goes back to I mean, like, Michael Caine for me from little division two, Western Washington, yeah. I never played with him. I never snapped to him at Western because I transferred as he was uh, leaving. But that workout mm. put my name on the radar. Yep. If that hadn't happened, I don't know if my name would have been on the radar. And that was only one team. And with the NFL, it's like it's it's a small fraternity. Coaches mm-hmm. talk, scouts talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just one team there, the Seattle Seahawks. But that coach relayed the message: Hey, check out this this kid from mm-hmm. Little Division Two Western Washington. He's a decent snapper. I mean, word travels fast, good and bad. Oh, yeah. 100%. When the NFL, you have one bad workout or you have one little slip up, whether it's a character issue or mm-hmm. whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, you get a DUI. Yeah. Boy, you, your face not, may not be in the, in the headlines on ESPN or in the newspaper, but every the team in the NFL know. knows that that just happened. Oh, yeah, they know. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, every, every move you make, it, it's tracked. It's you're under a microscope mm-hmm. at that level, you know? Well, especially, like, when you're in college, too, you know, the, all the scouts go to the strength coach to ask really about character. Oh, yeah, and, who shows up? And yeah. the strength coaches have to be completely honest about it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I remember we had a few, like, few times at Alabama where guys, like, slipped in the draft because of, you know, certain stuff off the field that nobody ever found out about. Yeah. But everybody wondered why they slipped. And I'm not saying every guy that slipped had issues, but we had a couple guys. And, yeah. you know, guys on the team knew. But, like, those strength coaches have to, like, let the scouts know well, that that's happening. And another coach that knows everybody on the team besides the quarterback is who's special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like, those coaches work with everybody on the team. Those strength coaches work with everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's true. Yeah. they got to keep their reputation. Yeah, yeah, teams coordinator and strength conditioning coach. Yeah. Like, those are the two most important guys. For sure. Like, it's not even just specialists. Yeah. Like, I would say strength coach almost – I mean, for, like, a non-specialist, like, team's coordinator you need to be close with because, sure. like, he could be your ticket in, yep. if you're not, a, like, a first couple-round draft pick guy. Yeah. But, like, that strength coach, like you're saying. Yeah. I mean, because, like, in college, like, you're not with the coaches the most. Mm-hmm. You're with the strength coaches the most. Yeah. Like, that's who's with you during the summer. Yeah. During the winter. They like, know if you're late. They know if you're slacking. They know if you're improving. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they chart you all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which we got lucky because you know at Alabama our strength coach loved specialists. Yeah, he was. That's how he got started at okay. LSU when he was with Saban. That's how Saban found him. He okay. was working with specialists. Okay, and so, you know, it was cool to like grow that bond with him. Yeah, but I know I don't know I know a lot of strength coaches that like don't like specialists. So that could be also hard. I think it's I think it's just a stereotype. Mm-hmm. I think they think like specialists don't like the lift. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, it's different because a kicker is not going to go in there and, like, max squat on a day's kicking or mm. happen yeah. to pull something because it's our livelihood. Mm. But I, I learned quickly, like, as a snapper, and we're going to talk specifically snappers here because I'm not going to get out of line and talk about a kicker or a punter because mm-hmm. we're not that. 
But for us, like we need to we need to approach our position as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we just snap a ball and maybe we're only playing five or ten snaps a game. But the way you gain respect on your team and by your coaches is you show up to every workout, mm-hmm. you go lift with the linebackers, you go lift with the tight ends, mm-hmm. you run sprints with the tight ends, with the combo guys. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just separate yourself and isolate yourself on the side. Because, again, practice, it can feel like that. Like, you can feel like you're mm-hmm. not really a part of the team because you're not in nine-on-seven and one-on-ones and doing all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff if you're purely just a, a specialist. But once you start doing those things with those guys and showing them that you're willing to put the work in and grind it out mm-hmm. on those tough days when you know that those guys are running all those reps in practice and you just show up and you do that extra stuff with them, that's when the respect level goes through the roof. Right. I learned that really quick. It's huge. Because they heckle you mm-hmm. all the time. But as soon as you do that kind of stuff and you show up to those hard practices or those extra sprints or the, the conditioning and you do it with them, mm-hmm. that's when they're like, all right, you're my boy. And, oh, yeah. and you're no longer a specialist. Yeah. Like you're part of the team. Yeah. Like that was like, I felt like in college, like our strength coach, like you had to earn his respect. Yeah. Because like our competition was with the linebackers, tight ends, yeah. sometimes with the linemen, but like usually with linebackers, yeah. tight ends. Yeah. And like, like he would type up a report and post it for the whole team to see. So if you did bad like that day, your name and the whole team knew it. Whole co- like the whole building knew that yeah. you did not perform or put forth effort. Yeah. And so like, if you were finishing last, like among the running backs, or like sometimes we run with the running backs too, yeah. or like the tight end group, or the linebackers. Like if you were finishing last, like your name was on that report. It's just accountability, right? And so, I like, mean, it's, yeah. if, if you were never on that report, yeah. strength coach autom- automatically respected you, and you're no longer a specialist, but you're just another guy that's here to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what you're – I like, we were always trying to, you know, find was, hey, we're no longer specialists. You know, off the field, like, in training, like, we're just another yeah. guy trying to be, you know, a cog in the system yeah. as far as just contributing to the team. And, like, you can't contribute during the t- to the team unless you're – producing as far as con- like in the conditioning element yeah. of like winter conditioning summer conditioning yeah. like there is no ball in play yeah there is no offense defense special yeah. teams it's just just hard work it's just hard work yeah. so so let's talk about let's get into like the the pre-draft process obviously you go to the east west shrine game you're finishing up at vandy now mm-hmm. um did you did you, you guys both obviously prepared for you know the pro day and we don't we can fast forward a little bit now, so now let's just get to you guys did the pro days. You guys excelled in those um, on those opportunities. And for you, Drew, you went to several like mini camps right off the bat. Right. Did you sign early on? Right. Right after the draft. So like I thought I was going to go to the Saints for sure. OK. Like Coach Banta at the time was like texting me like, yeah. like on a daily basis. Like and I thought for sure I was just going to go UDFA straight to the Saints. Yep. And then like. And, like, there's a couple other teams calling, like, about potentially drafting. But, like, I also didn't know, but I you felt important. But then, like, I talked to some other guys yeah. that were in the draft that were a little bit higher profile than me. And they're, they're saying the same thing. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, yeah. it, it just kind of boosts your confidence a little bit. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I thought potentially the Packers, but yeah. they ended up um, getting Hunter, yeah. I believe, yeah. Um, so Saints call – I called them afterwards – like, as soon as the draft ends, like, you're getting phone calls right away. And there was, like, I think, like, eight teams that were all, like, come to minicamp. And I'm like, no, like, I'm trying to sign a UDFA. Like, yep. I, I don't want to go to minicamp. And then 
the Raiders, I mean, like there's a bunch, but ended up just being the Raiders and the Saints. And so I still thought for sure it was going to be Saints. The Raiders, they had they had just signed Depot. Yep. And to like a pretty big deal. It might have been the biggest at the time. At the time it was, At yeah. the time, yeah. yeah. And so my agent was kind of like, we'll see. And then like I had other teams like pinning that against the Raiders at the time. Okay. They were like, hey, don't go to the Raiders. Like, come to us. Yeah. Like, we're not going to sign you, but it's still good exposure. Like, yeah. the Raiders won't sign you type of thing. Yeah. And so I was I was like, I'll go to the Raiders. Like, it seems like a good fit. I like the coaches. Yeah. Um, so I went to that week one, or like the first week, because there's like a two weekend mini camps or two yep. weekends. Yep. And so they're like, hey, we think we're we're gonna sign you. I was like, oh, like wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And so then second, like that Wednesday rolls around, and I was like, hey, if you guys want to sign me, like, I'm tomorrow morning at six a.m. Like, I'm going to New Orleans for a mini camp. Yeah. And so you, you piggybacked two camps one yeah. week here at the Raiders, and then. If nothing happens here, I'm going to the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I call, like, he, I texted with one of the coaches, like, later, like, in, the, like, Wednesday evening. And I was like, hey, like, I'm going. Like, if, yeah. if I don't hear anything, he's like, just hold tight. Never heard anything. So I was like, I have to get on this plane. Yeah. Like, and then, like, we landed, in, it was from Manhattan to Dallas. We landed in Dallas. And I got a text, like, hey, sending you a contract. And I called from Oakland. From Oakland. Yeah. And I was like, I called my agent. I was like, what do I do here? Like, I'm about to go to, yeah. Like, I'm in Dallas, like, on my wow. way. And so he's like, hey, I talked about GMs. Like, you're going to go to you're gonna go to New Orleans mini camp. But if they offer something better, we'll we'll stay here. Okay. And so, like, I went to Coach Bance, like, as, like, mini camp was got, ending. You got some leverage with you, and that's good. Yeah, and so, yeah. like, that Thursday, like, it was crazy. Like, and I didn't realize, like, the travel thing with the NFL, like, how, like, they want you there now. Yeah. So, like, they, they, they found out that I was going to mini camp with the Saints they sent me a plane ticket and my contract like on Thursday yeah. when I went to New Orleans. Okay. And I went up to Banta. I was like, hey, I've plane to Oakland leaves in two hours. Yeah. Like, can you guys hit this? And he's like, I don't think we can. Okay. So then I, two they hours had, later. They had Zach Wood under contract then? Yeah, they had, they had Zach yeah. Wood. Yeah. Okay. So like, it was just kind of a. So your your early introduction to NFL was pretty wild. Yeah. Like, I, I just yeah. like, did not know what to do. Yeah. Because I was like, call my agent. Like, and yeah. he like, unfortunately like was not giving me very good advice yeah like that agent and yeah. i was just like i don't know what to do here like mm-hmm. i mean i would love to be with the saints but it sure. ended up bisaccia with the raiders was yeah. like the best fit for me i mean yeah. he really prepared me like you're no longer like you, you're a man when you enter the nfl yeah, yeah and like i'm not gonna say i feel like i was prepared for it yeah but like he showed me like how to handle yourself like a yeah. professional yeah and so well, he's been a coach in the nfl for a long time and the highly respect everyone respect. has for him yeah. is I mean, you hear a lot of good things about Basashia, you know. Yeah, him and Byron, like, Coach Thor. Yeah. Like, those two, like, it was the same way at K-State. So, like, I felt like from high school to the NFL, like, I kept going to places that, like, Had felt, great coaches. They had great coaches, yeah. and it felt similar. Yeah. Like, it was always, like, we're going to work. Like, yeah. Like, Coach, like, Basachia runs, like, a very, like, tight ship. Oh, yeah. And there's a reason that he's had success. Yeah. So, like, if you don't follow that, yeah. like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you better like you better otherwise, and like that's how I got to Dallas. Yeah, was like he was at Dallas before. Yeah, and he Again, gave me like a, a stamp of approval. World, those those coaches are so tight. They've coached with each other, whether it was back in college when they're yeah. grinding at a D two JUCO or something, mm-hmm. or and they've all worked up, moved up the ranks together to make it to the NFL. Like those special teams coaches, like at some point or another, have always crossed paths, whether coaching together or. Yeah. 
hey, their 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 brother-in-law's coaching with them. Like <laughs> seriously, it's a small little yeah, fraternity, very... not just players but coaches too. And that and that word travels fast. Yeah, like, especially in this specialist community. For you, Scott, like what was your your expectation and what was your experience like now that you know your time at Vandy was done and yeah, you were preparing? Um, I mean, I played in the Hula Bowl. Okay. Um, coming out in the Tropical Bowl, so, so you, you did two. Trip, you did yeah. two All Star games. Yeah, free trip to Hawaii. It was fun. Nice. But um. <laughs> No, so, you know, leading up to the draft, the yeah. Lions were basically the main team that kept calling. Yeah. Um, we talked to a few others, too. Okay. But it was the year after COVID. Okay. So there was, like, a limit on tryout players for minicamp. Well, so, so the COVID protocol was still mm-hmm. kind of in place. So they weren't, so, yeah. so like, no snappers were going to so minicamp unless you came out. You came out at one of the worst times possible yeah. because of <laughs> the protocols that were set in place. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. So, um, but the Lions called, you know, the draft, I guess, four through seven, like, when you would sign is Saturday. They called my agent on Friday. Yeah. And um, they're like, you know, we're going to let you know tomorrow at the beginning of the seventh round it's between Scott and another guy. Okay. And they wouldn't tell me who the other guy was. Who do you think it was? Well, I'll tell you in a second. And so <laughs> he uh, – Dude, the long they snapper drama seventh, is so, so good. So they call Stay the tuned. seventh round, like the second pick in the seventh round. My yeah. agent calls me, and he said they're going to sign Scott Daly. Okay. A guy off the street. Who's still there. Who wasn't even in the draft. Yeah, yeah. And I was like – he played in the XFL? Uh, yeah, he had just finished in the XFL, yeah, yeah. but I was like, that was kind of like the main shot that I was focused on. And yeah, yeah. It was, I was so petty, too. I was like, he has my name, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Scott yeah. Daly. I was yeah. like, dang. But, um, so, yeah, so, like, didn't go to minicamp that year, obviously, because they didn't really have it. Yeah. Um, didn't sign. You know, I remember, you know, we just worked out together for a year. Yeah, that's and when you then, came to Justin, started mm-hmm. training. Yeah. Or it was, it was shortly before, like, you were getting ready for pro day at Vandy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. And so they also canceled local days that year too. So, yeah. but I was eligible for that next year to go to the Titans local day. Okay. So worked out with the Titans. Yeah. And then you know, luckily, the like a week before the draft, you know, the Cardinals call and said, yeah. "Hey, we're gonna bring you to minicamp." I was yeah. like, "Awesome." Yeah. And so they're like, "We'll call you on draft day." And yeah. I was like, "I was like, this is my moment." Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, you know, seventh round comes around again. Yeah. And the Cardinals call and were like finalizing everything like we'll uh we'll call you later for your about your plane ticket yeah and i was like cool so i went to you know minicamp with the cardinals last those, year. those those phone calls are pretty special right They're very special yeah. yeah it's i mean i remember i remember too like my pre-draft process like again division two so like no one cared right <laughs> yeah and or or just like the expectation was so low the odds mm-hmm. were already stacked against me like when i went to my school at western washington had a pro day but it was like maybe three to five teams would actually show up mm-hmm. and it would kind of piggyback off of, you know, University of Washington would be maybe the day before and they can jet up an hour mm-hmm. and a half to Bellingham to get to campus. But again, if you're there's no guys that really scout, then there's not really any reason to go up there. Right. But the CFL would always come down and, you know, kind of check guys out. And so I knew that my pro day in particular just wasn't going to be you know a great opportunity mm-hmm. i still did it but um i kind of did the uh you know i went to san jose state so that was kind of in that radius of like my hometown mm-hmm. within 100 miles so i went to san jose state and then i got i did really well there and that was my that was the first um san jose state was the first uh, pro day that i did even before my school so when i got there wow. like my eyes were like i'm like a deer in headlights i walk in there's obviously 32 of 32 teams there mm-hmm. um you know, there's cameras out, you know, the strength staff for San Jose State is filming every athlete that comes through, you know, you check in height, weight, put a number on your back, all that kind of stuff. And dude, it's so funny, man. I, you know, I watched the NFL combine on, on TV and 
you know, I was like talking to my mom. My mom was a huge like she was like my little side coach on this whole thing. Like she was the one that would help me mail everything out on DVD and VHS and like find addresses to send stuff out. <laughs> but she showed up with me and she had the handheld camcorder and she was recording it. But I was like, how do I? Because I'm not at San Jose State, so I don't have like a shirt. Mm-hmm. So we went to the store and like got a I, I I kind of like just mocked up like what the combine did. They had the LS on the on the pack, my number on the back with my name across the back. So I walked in with something like yeah. at least they know who I am. Right. But my name I was like the last guy to even like do any of the stuff because they did all San Jose mm-hmm. State's kids first, and then like whoever was there um, from the local you know area would would kind of fall in order after that. But I walk in and do the broad, do the vertical, do the bench, and do like I was so stoked at the bench because I hit my 20 mark, and then I go out and do, you know, the the pro agility and the 40, and I remember the 40 yard dash like there was just everybody was lined mm-hmm. up, spectators, scouts, mm-hmm. you literally ran 40 yards through a tunnel, you know, everyone had their stopwatches out, but that was my first taste of like NFL pro day, like whoa, this is like mm-hmm. a big deal, and there's my mom in the back with the held held little. RCA camera film and everything because that was that was gonna be my film that I send out to right, the teams yeah. And then I then it comes to snap because I'm here for snapping mm. So I go out to the field where the the quarterbacks throwing to the receivers and they're doing a bunch of different positional stuff and Dude, I just pulled the punter aside. I think he went to Cal Poly at the time I was like, dude, you want to just start like punting some balls? There was nobody there. Yeah, no scout no coach like <laughs> and I just started snapping and then after everyone, after as literally as these guys were walking, because the day was over, some of the scouts, one scout just stopped. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna watch you," and then another one stopped, and then another one stopped. So as they were walking out of, like, to go to their car to leave to probably catch the next flight to the next pro day, mm-hmm. like they charted us, and because of that, that's how I got invited to the next pro day at Cal Poly. Oh, wow. So it's like those pro day things, like. I in in the Division two world it wasn't very very common so like I had to like do whatever I could to get to mm-hmm. get my name out there get exposure so um, and then like you said like I had like three teams had called my my head coach uh, before the draft the Chargers the Chiefs and my coach was like hey man these coaches are calling about you and I was like oh man like this is legit like mm-hmm. and my dad was I called my dad and my dad was like dude are you gonna get drafted I'm like I don't know. <laughs> Like the like Coach Bruce DeHaven from the Seahawks just called me, and uh, but yeah, I, I my moment was after the draft. They mm-hmm. called me, and invited me to camp as a as an invited to um, Seattle Seahawks mini camp. But my point was like you get that phone call, and it's just like it is that draft day mm-hmm. moment where you get that phone call and you're like, oh my gosh, like dreams are coming true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. But then I get there and I get. You know, NFL stands for not for long, and I was yeah. there for a cup of coffee, and I went home packing the next day. But so it's just crazy. Like our our stories are all a little bit different on how we got into the NFL, and and but it's really cool to hear you guys your guys' story mm-hmm. because everyone's different, especially for yeah. specialists. Because there's really out of 32 teams, maybe there's only a dozen teams really going to bring somebody in to even compete, mm-hmm. and out of those dozen. Maybe there's only three or four that are really looking for a guy. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe one or two. Maybe one or two is like they actually go with it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, man, it's just like it's a crapshoot, man. It really is. So your your first taste was with the the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Your first taste was with the the Fal- or uh, the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, dude, because I we were training at the time. Mm-hmm. You were getting frustrated. You're oh, like, yeah. man, do I need to keep going? I, what did you do? And I'm like, man, dude, I. I worked dead end jobs until I could afford enough money to go to Zahner's Combine and 
You know, I was raking leaves. I was mowing grass. I was, you know, working construction just to mm-hmm. save enough money. And you were like, man, I don't know what you said to me, but you're like, you asked me something along the lines like, dude, how do you pray on this situation? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, there's no right or wrong way to pray on it. Just God knows your heart. Mm-hmm. Just just talk to him, man. And what happened the next day? The Cardinals yeah, called the Cardinals you. Cardinals called right after. Right? And yeah. it was like, the, that was a cool moment to share with you because like, mm-hmm. I, you, you reached out to me after you got that call from the Cardinals and like, dude, thank you, God. Like, this is such a huge opportunity mm-hmm. because you've been working your butt off and praying for it. And yeah. at the moment you thought of, like, you're kind of at that fork and we're like, do I give up? Mm-hmm. And God was like, hold on, man, I got something for you. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I think, I mean, this whole free agency journey is kind of like that, though. It's like yeah. every day. It's a leap of it's faith. It's like I'll quit tomorrow. Yeah. And then tomorrow comes and you quit tomorrow. Yeah. And I'll quit tomorrow. But Yeah. So, and then, you know, you look up, it's been two years and I'm still going. So. Yeah. But like, and then, go ahead. Well, I would say, like, I mean, you've been like the biggest help because, I mean, like looking at your story, it took you, what, six years to get Yeah. There? So after college, I went to minicamp with the Seahawks. I was there for three days. And that was in 2007. Mm-hmm. This is just aged myself big time with you guys. But 2007, I went mini camp for three days, and then I didn't play football again until 2009, and that was when the UFL came into play. Mm-hmm. UFL is very similar to the XFL, USFL is now. Um, and I played like three years in the UFL before I even got another NFL opportunity. And that was with the Seahawks again, mm-hmm. which was crazy, and then the Colts came into play. Um, but yeah, it was like, yeah, it took me, my, my rookie year with Indianapolis, um i was 26 um going on 27 so yeah it took me six years after college to finally play in my first nfl game because up to that point i had never been in a preseason game i was very i was i had a brief stint in in a training camp but it was that ufl that kept my my name alive Mm -hmm. that's why the xfl and usfl is so big for specialists in particular kind of keeps that name relevant because the window for us as as players is open a little bit longer just because it's a special niche play uh position mm-hmm. um and so it's not it's not uncommon to see you know a 27 28 year old rookie long snapper or mm-hmm. kicker just mm-hmm. because man there's just not a lot of opportunity opportunity every year and we the longevity 100%. for us is longer you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so for you drew like you went to oakland you've been to dallas you've been to casey a little bit i mean you've been around with some teams and and um I mean, talk about that experience and maybe talk a little bit about the disappointment, too, because you were pretty close to playing in a preseason game with the, the Cowboys, right? So I played four with the Cowboys. You played four games? Yeah, four, okay. four preseason. Okay. Um, the Raiders one, that one was, like, the first one. Like, okay. For anybody, I mean, we've all had that call, but, like, yeah, there is nothing, like, your gut just... It just hits the bottom to sure. like straight to the floor, and we're, we're talking about the Grim Reaper, right? That comes yeah. around and like either snatches you out of the locker room or or you get that that call, that call, yeah. And like that first time, I don't know what it is, but like you know when it's happening, like oh, yeah, I, like you yeah. know, like I remember like Oakland when I got cut, um, it was it was just crazy. I was walking back, so I had sprained my ankle um, in practice, and it ended up just like taping it. Yeah. I just put a ton of tape on it and I kept going like and they kind of told me they're like hey like if you can't do that like can't practice with it yeah like we'll have to find figure something out yeah um anyways so fast forward to our first or our second day of scrimmaging with the Lions so we were playing the Lions that preseason game 
we had two safeties go down or cornerbacks or something. Yeah. And I think someone else went down. And, like, I didn't think anything. I was just walking back to my my room. I get this call, and you're just gut sinks. You're like, why is this person calling me? And yeah. it's like, yeah, you know what it is. And they're like, hey, GM wants to see it. Bring your playbook. Bring your iPad. Yeah. Yeah. And that one sucked because there was nothing I could do. Yeah. They're like, hey, we just need to play the preseason games. We can't yeah. cut guys. It's a numbers thing. Yeah, yeah. it's like a numbers thing. Yeah. And they're like, hey, it's not performance-based. It's just like we want – like to not have our starting safety play yeah. yeah. the full game. For, yeah, yeah. And there's just nothing you can do. I mean, yeah. like Depot went down that first game, yeah. and I got called back, and they told me the reason I didn't win the workout was because I didn't play in a preseason game. Oh, and Trent had that experience over you? Yeah. Wow. So, like, Those I mean, preseason games are critical. It's critical. Yeah, having and that film. So then, like, I went to Dallas, and Dallas was great. I mean, I, yeah. I Dallas was one of my favorite, if not my favorite t- like, team that I played for, like, they gave me the opportunity. I got to learn from LP. I mean, LP is a yeah. legend. I yeah. mean, he is. And just, like, not even picking his brain, like, that was, like, the one thing with some of the older guys is I learned more through just actions yeah. than yeah. I did from him actually ever talking to me. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, seeing how that professional, and it's yeah. not that Depot didn't. Like, Depot was just, like, Depot, like, helped me like with that start yeah, and yeah. he's just an awesome dude like yeah absolutely like depot like he was probably the closest Andrew that i Apollo, was man shout out all pro this year and like year yeah. 10 of his career is awesome hit a hell of a year he did yeah and so like like learning from lp and like learning from depot and then like they told me like and i had had another team like so like it was between like we had a bunch of teams call after zoners thing that i ended up going to yeah and went to a few workouts with teams but, like, the Cowboys and this other team, they were like, hey, we have an older guy we want to replace. Yeah. And, like, we think that you could be that guy. Yeah. Ended up Cowboys didn't, and that other team did. Okay. But, like, the Cowboys were the first one to offer a contract. Yeah, my yeah. agent was like, you have to go with the first contract because, like, you don't know if that next contract is going to be there, even though they tell it sure. it's going to be there. Yeah. But, it, I mean – I still got the preseason game experience, which yeah. was good, yeah. and that helped me. Then I signed a contract with the with the Giants, yeah. but then that was during COVID. Okay, and we had three snap. We ended up having three snappers on the roster at at, at that time, but then they cut camp um, rosters. I think down to eighty, maybe, yeah, yeah, or something like that. So I didn't even really get a shot. Yeah. Like I didn't even go to camp yeah. since I got cut. Again, a casualty to yeah numbers. to, co- to yeah. COVID and numbers. Yeah, and then um, next year, um, just kind of knowing those those cheese guys being in KC like yeah. Bucker, Tommy yeah. and just even it was like Tommy and Johnny like yeah. I was in Oakland with Johnny oh, yeah. so then like I got to meet like the Townsend family and like yeah. that helped me like yeah. when Tommy came to town like they hit me up and were like yeah. come work out and then yeah. Winchester's awesome like yeah. one of the nicest dudes out there Absolutely. so like just kind of like bringing you in so like that helped me James got COVID and they're like hey can you come in and help yeah. us and it got yeah. my name back out there so yeah. like and it, it, that was more of just like, hey, the building knows who you are since, yeah. like, K State, KC's right there. Yeah. Uh, Manhattan's only two hours, so like I knew those guys, and then like the coaching staff knew that I knew Tommy and yeah, Harrison yeah. Yeah, and, and James. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like it was just an easy fit, but like yeah. it really is just continually getting your name out there. Yeah. Yeah. For you, Scott, when you went to Cardinals minicamp, like you did really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, you were, you were definitely prepared mm. Fitz was there now like your old coach from Vandy yeah. was there 
what was your experience like now like after all you know i know that it was a about a year and a half since being removed from mm-hmm. from college but it's, it's almost like wow like i finally got this opportunity like when you first got there and arrived and, and flew into phoenix and got there and got your shorts and your locker i mean what was that feeling like when you first finally set foot you know on the field or in that nfl locker room i mean it was pretty surreal yeah um you know, you look down, you have the little hand towel that says NFL on it. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, you know, but also when you're there, it it's kind of like being in college. It's like it looks a lot bigger on TV, and then once you're there, it's not really a big deal. Yeah. So um, the nerves really weren't kicking in, though, as much as I thought they would. Uh, I think it I think it was just because it's it just seemed like a normal everyday life to everybody else. Yeah. And so – well, you also that. knew new fits also, too. Yeah. He knew his personality and all kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and you were confident. And I knew the player that was there too. Yeah. So that they had just signed. Yeah. Just from other stuff, but um, so yeah, I mean, it felt good. Yeah. It felt you know ready, uh, or I felt ready, but you got great feedback, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know, talk about the disappointment. I mean, I don't know if you were expected maybe to sign there or what the situation was there. I mean, obviously they've had brewer there for a long time Mm -hmm. um but was there some sense of disappointment when they didn't sign you after that camp i mean a little bit i was like you know i guess i was on that list of guys who short list yeah um i was on the list but for like the bus ride to the airport like a certain time i was like and i was like next to guys that you know the um scouts were coming up to and like hey um we got something for you upstairs okay and i was like ooh, and i saw they dropped the con so actually it was the last day they put contracts on certain guys like lockers. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, but Fitz already pulled me aside. Sure. And he's like, hey, uh, I don't think we're gonna sign you today, yeah, but yeah. you know, keep your head up, keep going, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I, you know, it was a little not disappointment, but it was kind of like, dang, like yeah. it's kind of over for sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. Because so, it goes by fast, like mm-hmm. two and a half days, really. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about like because the both of you guys have had these like different ups and downs in the career so far, and just the young stages of your of your career and and i say that because man like the door is still open mm-hmm. i want you guys to truly believe that like you guys have the ability you guys have put the work in and like your name is out there it's just like the again it's like luck and like perfect timing and like the situation it's mm-hmm. like a lot of things have to go into it you know and um the disappointing side of it i've i faced disappointment so, so many times i mean i was cut from seattle three different times mm-hmm. like it just felt like man it just was a replay of a bad movie every time i showed up in the locker room because it's like god i'm getting cut again you know and it's like gosh dang um so getting that call getting cut or being said you know being told that you're not you're not going to get signed like that that hurts it does hurt like even though like maybe you, the expectation was was low right like you knew that like, hey i'm just here to get exposure but hearing those words like yeah you know there's always a chance the yeah the, you know, the competitiveness in, inside of you wants to be there and, and wants to get signed and, and this is what we're working for for you guys now, like, you guys, you know, you're removed now for a few years of college. You're still working. You've had these opportunities present itself. Um, you guys have gone to the Zoner Combines. You've done these workouts for the XFL. Um, and sometimes that phone call doesn't doesn't come mm-hmm. that you're hoping for. Um, how have you guys managed to kind of stay, like, focused and determined and energized? And, I mean, yeah, there, like you said, there's days where you're just like, dude, what am I doing? Like, gosh, I need to hang it up. And I had those heart-to-heart t- conversations with my dad or in the mirror like dude what am i doing right but there was just something inside of me that just was like just keep going Mm -hmm. i mean what is that for you guys i mean i know for me personally like i lean on you and justin a lot yeah uh for all of it yeah i lean on my family too yeah um 
and I'll work a flexible job where, you know, I can make those workouts and yeah. then go back to work or yeah. do whatever. So it's basically leaning on the people that believe in you yeah. more than you believe in yourself. Yeah. I think that's probably the most important thing. For sure. What about for you, Drew? I mean, definitely you guys here. Like, yeah. Cam, I mean, too, yeah. like, just having people that are like-minded. I mean, and that just goes back to the support system. Like, having my wife, yeah. having my family. Like, yeah. she's been there for... She, We got married last year, but, I mean, she was there for Dallas, and she was yeah. there for New York, and she so was she there she understands for, the nature of the business a little bit. Yeah, yeah. She, works, she works in the NFL, too, so, yeah. like, she understands it from that perspective. But just, like, honestly, just being there. Like, yeah. there's, like, sometimes there is no words that need to be said. Like, there's just not. And so just having someone there, and if you need to talk to somebody, you can. Yeah. But sometimes it's just having you know, that person that you love and trust yeah. there with you. So like that's half the battle, but then it just goes back to just surrounding yourself yeah. with like the people that you do want to be around Yeah, that make it worth it. I mean, I've told Matt this, but like, I've never been like a, you know, I, I'm going to work harder because you didn't take me. Like yeah. my mindset has, I've always been, don't prove people wrong, but prove people right that take the chance on you. Yeah, And like, I think that that has taken me farther than I ever would have thought. Just because, like, we just, like, don't realize how blessed and lucky we are sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because, like, we do have these people in our life. And if you don't have those people, then, like, remove the people or just teeter out, like, those people that don't deserve to be with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I know that sounds harsh sometimes, but, like, like, I've seen, like, I've been lucky just to have, like, those people in my life that have believed and trusted in me. Yeah. So, like if you can repay that, like just re keep repaying that because it's going to come back. So yeah, I really do think it's just like proving those people, right. Yeah. that do t take the chance on you and like making sure that like you are doing something every day. And like part of for me for the NFL, the reason I love it is just a competition. Yeah. Like I get like, there's not many professions that you get to go try and be better than somebody else. Yeah. Like every single day. And like, yeah. I, I think that's what I love most about it is, it's a bunch of just grown men that are striving for the same goal yep. and you get to be part of something bigger than you. So Absolutely. Like, I think just having like that constant competition is really what kind of keeps me going. That's awesome. Like for you, uh, Scott, like, so you, you say you're working like a flexible job. And at the time when I was grinding, like renting mm -hmm. a bedroom from my best friend back at home, like I was, I was like a part-time personal trainer and mm -hmm. I was doing odd jobs off of Craigslist and, whatever like facebook marketplace i was doing stuff just to make enough money just to you know put some food on the table and save up for these camps and all that kind of stuff for you like that flexibility you have like you have a great job but you have the flexibility to like you train every day mm -hmm. we snap several times a week you know how have you managed to like you know because there's there's probably young guys listening to this like they don't know what to do right. and you can shed a different light because you have like a career so <laughs> how do you how do you manage that and a passion that you have there, but also find time. So we have like two different like aspects mm -hmm. and perspectives that I want to share because I think they're really critical because sometimes you've asked me in the past, like, you know, what did I do mm -hmm. or how do I make this work? And again, if it's worth anything to you, you're going to find a way to do it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's carving that extra hour or two in a day or gosh, if it's waking up at 4 a.m. to like mm -hmm. either work out before I start my day or you know, get work early, get get work done earlier so that I can go train. Like, how have you guys managed to balance that where it's like, all right, I want to keep this dream alive. But yet the reality mm -hmm. is I got to work. I got to pursue other passions. Mm -hmm. 
you know, kind of share uh, your perspective on that. I mean, I think the most important thing is, you know, I work in sales, so yeah. it's kind of, um, it's the start of a career, I guess. I yeah. think the mo- I think a lot of guys kind of delay their life yeah. when they're chasing this, and yeah. that's not, I don't think that's the way to go. I think you got to, you know, you have to, like, start your career, and then that's also, it takes your mind off of sure, yeah. the waiting yeah. for football. Yeah. Um, but I just I got I've got real lucky. Like yeah. my boss now, her uncle is Patrick Manley. Okay. So she kind of gets it too. Yeah. And so she you knows she's cool with me. Like even doing this, but like yeah. we're like working out, snapping like as long as I get my stuff done. Yeah. But I think the most important thing is just to you know start your career too. Well, stay staying busy and proactive. Yeah, because I think for me when I was doing personal training, like my mind never shifted off of like training and like. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, all right, you know, I'm I'm training with this client right now, but like, I'm also planning like my workout afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, so I never really like got to escape like that football mindset, mm-hmm. which like, it's good to have, but like, there's a balance. Like, it could be like very taxing on you emotionally and mentally because like, if you're consuming yourself 24 seven with this NFL thing, like, you're just gonna be drained every single day. So having a passion outside of this world we live in. Like, it's great. It's yeah. so healthy. Like, and so for you, Drew, like, you're in the finance world, right? Yep. So, like, when you remove yourself from, like, the training aspect and the snapping world and, like, having this, because you're obviously probably good with numbers, <laughs> pretty analytical. You're smart. Sounds, I mean. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll, no, but we'll you, with it. but it's something that you enjoy, though, right? I mean. Yeah, I've always kind of had that, like, entrepreneurial yeah. and just, like, finance passion. Like, had businesses all through growing up. Yeah. If it was buying pokemon cards for some kid and then like yeah and then Flip like those things and then like i would go garage like during like the summers in the midwest like you have garage sales yeah so like i would bring each weekend there'd be a garage sale so like i would ask if i could have a booth at like all these like just yeah. like doing stuff like that yeah. and then like in college i had a finance internship in kansas city so like i was waking up at three thirty in the morning driving to kansas city which is yeah. two hours yeah driving back for practice and like meeting with clients and stuff like that. So like, I think for me, it was just always like I worked on top of I had two internships and three jobs in college yeah. on top of playing. So like that was always like just work hard and yeah. see what you can do and network and kind of really find like what you love. And I, I think that helped me to get to where I am today. Yeah. And really it was just a networking because like, I was always obsessed with not what made people successful, but like, what were you exposed to? Yeah. So I started this book in college. I called it Swam, and I said, "Success wears a mask." Yeah. Because I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like, success equals happiness. Like, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Like, there's just no way around it. But you can monetize that and say, you know, money does provide happiness but it's not happiness it's freedom yeah which you which equates to um happiness yeah. and success so like for me it was always just trying to find like what i love yeah. and you know finance and you know businesses are what i love so like having a career in investment banking and yeah. you know a finance career as well as like having businesses like that's always what i love to do so like yeah. i've always been doing that yeah and i think it's just like finding that competition for me yeah and so it just really went back to, you know, find, do and find what you love, but then also like training and yeah. like the competition in the NFL is also what I love. So yeah. like those two are kind of married together. Yeah. And 
so like I always kind of feel like I'm never really working it's just like continually doing yeah. like what I enjoy doing and like training is part of that yeah like if I stop playing like I'm still gonna train and like still well, I like, think, I still think part, ha- like be with yeah. you guys like yeah and that just goes back to surrounding yourself yeah. with like people that think like you mm-hmm. and I think for me like training and working out is always gonna be a priority in my life I love to do it I think mm-hmm. as athletes we're just naturally gonna gravitate to it regardless yeah. of pursuing a sport or not Mm-hmm. So I think the, the working out aspect is easy, mm-hmm. right? Because we're going to go to the gym, whether it's together or lifetime fitness or whatever. Yeah. It provides that mental clarity. For sure. And it's just a, it's a it's a good reset. It's a good release. And, like, yeah, it's stress on our body physically. But, gosh, it's, like, the most, like, you know, mm-hmm. for, for mentally, like, it's the most, like, gratifying thing that we can yeah. do for, like, stress relief. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand, like, why would you go run or why would you go lift right. when you're stressed? Because it actually helps me with my stress, you know? Yeah. Like, it's our release. Um, we're just psychotic people by, by nature. So like, that's how we, we get, we get by. But you know, what makes you guys show up to snap though? Like when that's you, the hard you know, yeah. yeah. What may, like, what is it that like today we go out and snap today? We, we got our group chat, the breakfast club, we're meeting at nine 30, you know, why show up? I mean, for me personally, um, you know, obviously bending over and throwing a ball between your legs is not the most fun thing in the world, but like yeah. it's fun to hang out with you guys. But yeah. um, it's just, just you know when you're it, like kind of chasing this, like you yeah. always gotta like be ready, and yeah. so you know you gotta make that a priority too. Absolutely. So I think that like you can't just take off a week or two weeks or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, it's just about because you never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess it's just about staying ready. I yeah. guess. And why why show up on Friday when when like this is the you know, Fridays are typically like the 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 days that you have that flexibility with work. You know, like yeah, I mean, why show up? For me, it's more like why not? Yeah. Like why wouldn't I? Yeah. Like I I gotta go be with people that I enjoy being around, and I mean it's not like I don't enjoy doing it. Like yes, is it the most fun thing? No, like there's a lot of other fun things. Yeah. But like it's still like you to go work with people that are doing the same thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like it. It just really is just, like, I want to be around the people that I feel like can help me get to where I want to go. Yeah. And it just it, it just all goes back to, like, having like-minded thoughts. Yeah. And, like, I think that we all have the same goal. Yeah. So, like, why wouldn't you... I'd rather do it with you guys than do it by myself. Uh-huh. And, like, you just... You can have your phone and you can record it and you can do all that stuff, but there's just something, like, when Matt, like, lines up and we'll work on blocking or something. It's a different, it's a, like it's it's a sh- mental shift. It's and, like, you don't even so realize different. it. Like, yeah. it's subconscious, like, yeah. switch. Like, yeah. it clicks. Yeah. And I think, like, chasing that yeah. is, yeah. And, 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 like, there's just something. It's not an adrenaline anymore, but it's just chasing that, like, yeah. hey, I can get better. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's go, uh, it's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I, my, my thing is for you guys, like, my, again, it's not the work ethic. It's not the sacrifice because you guys make that all the time, right? We're, we're like, we're building this community here. We're working all the time and I love it. Like you guys keep me going. You guys help me more than you'll ever know. Like it's just a brotherhood that we've created, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, my advice for you guys is like you just mentioned, like staying ready, like staying sharp. Mm-hmm. You never know when that phone call is gonna come and you could have given up right before the Cardinals called. And, yep. and just think of like how you would have felt like, gosh, I just like mentally checked out mm-hmm. like three days ago and now I'm going to minicamp and yeah. it's like, you don't want, I, this, this is 
you know, I'm the I'm the old crazy wild you know man chasing my dreams still, mm-hmm. you know, at 38. Um, but I know as long as my passion is still in this football thing, and I and I want to play at a high level, and I know that I can do it. I'm not going to stop training because I never want to have that phone call come where like I just I hung it up. I you know I just mentally checked out, mm-hmm. you know, and that phone call may not come from me, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I realized that you know. Right. The teams don't want the old man no more. You know, that's they want right. the young bucks like you guys. <laughs> but I think from, that's but, what it is, though. It's just like if you picked up that phone and you just hadn't done anything, like that would hurt way more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, ra- again, I would rather go somewhere to a workout and do my best and know that I gave my all mm-hmm. rather than get a phone call and know that, like, man, like I've, I've checked out like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready. I don't want to show up to a workout like out of shape, not prepared not mentally into it mm-hmm. you know for so for you guys again that phone call in this world just comes at the most random times mm-hmm. you know whether and it's usually a team that you never expect you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's usually it's usually from a, a team that has never once been on the blip of your mind it, it's crazy like all the teams that have always reached out to me every off season hey are you healthy all right you're on our list i've never gone to a workout for those mm-hmm. teams it's always been the team from left field you know like whether it's injury or whatever the case may be it just happens that way yeah so like staying ready for those opportunities and again sometimes that opportunity doesn't come with football and i think the way that you guys are continuing to grow as as young men the sacrifices you're making this whole free agency thing is gonna it's just building your character mm-hmm. so the end goal may be the nfl and if that doesn't happen you're gonna be a better man because of everything you just went through. And I think it just builds so much character with just discipline. And we talked about discipline earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I would have been better. Sure, would have my dream, dreams would have been crushed. Yeah, I had to make it. But I think it, the work we've been putting in, it, it, it's not going to go in vain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the relationships you've made oh, yeah. over the past couple of years, just within our gym, like, the community here, like, mm-hmm. we have each other. Like, we have these friendships. We have these bonds. It may lead to business opportunities, mm-hmm. you know. What I'm saying, and that it, that really is true. Hundred percent. You know, the people that you're meeting in the business world, you know, like it's crazy how like, you know, it's kind of cool being the NFL guy, right? Like, cause they kind of like, oh man, you played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's the curiosity's there just to yeah. pick your brain a little bit. But yeah, don't think that your hard work is going in vain because it's not. Right. You know, and so like I'm just again, this is like this podcast like session today is just like a massive appreciation to you guys from me because and for my wife too like i admire the work you guys put in you know and it it doesn't go unnoticed sometimes in this free agency world you kind of think you're lonely and you're the only one going through this and people aren't going to understand you know because like if that phone call is not ringing i'm not going to minicamp i'm not signing the contract people are gonna be like dude why you keep chasing this thing man they a lot of people just under don't Mm -hmm. understand but i get it i'm watching from afar i i don't you know, your hard work doesn't go unnoticed. Well, I mean, you've helped me so much. Uh, you know, I remember this one text I got from you, and it still sticks to me. I still think about it all the time. And it's that you said that nobody will ever understand, like, what we're going through besides yeah. us. Yeah. And so, you know, when you keep, like, because people kind of, like, look at me weird if I'm like, oh, yeah, I still training for football. Yeah. And, but they, like, nobody really you don't get it until you're in it yeah or until you're doing it or you've been there so i mean you've helped me this whole time you're the person that i definitely lean on yeah well i lean on you too man and i lean on everybody i mean i lean on you drew i lean on justin i lean on even the the non-football guys Mm -hmm. 
you know, when we're around James and we're around the hockey guys, like mm-hmm. I lean on those guys because they get it. It's the same grind, yeah. it's the same nature. Mm-hmm. Even the music guys, like I lean on them, like it's a cutthroat business. It is. You know, but as long as we talk about community, as long as you surround yourself with like-minded people that are striving for the same thing, whether it's in business, whether it's in, you know, uh, other realms, like, and like you're setting yourself up for success because you're, you're throwing yourself into an environment that like it just, it, it, it can go both ways, right? Mm-hmm. It could be it could be negative or positive, but if right. you set yourself up with those good people, like you mentioned earlier at the beginning, like show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. You know, like hey, like good things come from you know the community, the community that you surround yourself with. Yeah, you just don't know when opportunity knocks. No, and, and it, that's yeah. like the biggest thing is. Yeah, I have seen so many relationships unfold because I went to that one camp at Iowa State. Yeah, and like I met my wife. Yeah. Because of that. And like I went to K State, I met my wife. Yeah. Like those are those are things that like I will I mean, I can never replicate that. No. Mm-hmm. So like just you don't even I guess it's crazy to think, but you like you don't realize in the moment what opportunity is out there unless you're just in it. Yeah. And like the one thing like we were like I was talking with with a friend was, you know, one percenters can always relate if it's if you feel like that you are 1% at your craft, yeah. top 1%, yeah. like you can automatically relate to the best violinist in the world or yeah. someone that, whatever it is, it's just because you think alike and you're striving for that goal. And it, you don't even have to be top 1%. It's just yeah. really going towards that goal of, you know, you understand what it takes to get there yeah. and you just don't know when that opportunity knocks and, you know, making sure that door's open, but not only that, just being open. And like in my experience, I mean, Scott could probably say the same thing. Most people are awesome. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. so like, there's not a lot of people out there that are, you know, really gonna bring you down or just be jerks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as long as you know you keep talking to people, yeah. Like things come around, and you don't even realize it. Ten years down the road, you know, you you just never know where you'll be at. Yeah. Well, again, thank you guys. So I mean, we've. Dude, we crushed two hours just like that, talking long snap. That's wild. Yeah, crazy upside-down world we live in. But, boys, honestly, I, I mad respect for you guys. You guys are like little brothers to me. I'm like the old dad running around, like, <laughs> proud of his kids, you know? Like, No, seriously, like, like I, again, I'm just going to keep on echoing this. You guys help me more than you will ever know. So thank you so much for just, like, keeping me in check, keeping me motivated, keeping that fire lit. You know, like, dude, because I'm competing with you guys. Like, I'm, I want to be bigger, faster, stronger too. Like, mm-hmm. let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, just thank you again for sharing kind of just your journey. The journey's not over yet. I, I you know, get you guys are my prayers as far as like doors opening up, right opportunities presenting itself. And I know you guys will be ready because you guys, you guys are those dogs that prepare, sacrifice, you know, and just work. You know, and and again, that's gonna lead to greater things beyond football. Seriously, it really will. Mm. And um, the moment you're living in now, it's it's like you're, you know, you get, you got your marriage that you're working on. You're newly married, like building a family, like the careers you guys are growing, the mm-hmm. opportunities you're looking for. Like this football thing, it teaches you a lot more than just the game of football. Mm-hmm. It teaches you life skills, and it it may you're gonna look back on your twenties and be like, dude, like I was grinding. <laughs> yeah. But it was worth it. Had a it blast. It was worth doing it. it. It was yeah, a blast exactly. doing it for real. So enjoy the moment. Enjoy the process. You know, enjoy the highs and lows. 
talk about the disappointments, man. Don't just dwell on them because mm -hmm. they're all great learning experiences. Some of my worst, I mean, you know, I think about my time in Seattle with the Seahawks, dude. I had, like, I, I did the worst ever, but mm -hmm. it was the hugest learning experience for me, you right. know? So, like, lean on me. I'll lean on you, and mm -hmm. we'll keep doing that and, and just keep going. And, again, thank you, boys, for for just kind of sharing this journey with me because we're all in it together. Yeah, we're you all know? having fun. I love you guys, for real, for real. Let's do it. Yeah. Love you too, man. All right, man. Appreciate you, Thanks brother. again. Have a good weekend. You Stay too. off Broadway, all right? I'll try. All right.